You've made this day a special day by just your being you. There's no person in the whole world like you, and I like you just the way you are. Welcome to episode 11 of the Meltdown Pinball Podcast. Steve Bowden here, funwithbonus.com, and it is my pleasure to welcome someone who has uh, chosen to grace us with his appearance for this episode. It's Greg Pavarelli. Hello, Greg. What's up, Steve? What's up, everybody? Glad to be back. It is good to have you here for the special pre-Pinberg episode of the Meltdown, where we're going to just talk about Pinberg talk, pinball talk, other talk as we get to it. But we have a we have a good episode planned. So uh, before we get started, what's been going on with you lately? Really quickly, you know, same old, same old. Uh, running the league here at Sunshine, uh, busy planning a wedding. Um, you know, work, oh, we'll get to that. Yeah. <laughs> work, play, work, play, get drunk, fall asleep, wake up again. You know me. Sounds like a plan, right? Sounds like the perfect play that uh, Waparelli is living his best life. I like, I like that. And, you know, uh, excellent. We are missing you over here, Steve. Uh, how's everything going over there? Things are going rather well. Things are going well. You know, I, uh, you know, down here in San Antonio and, uh, Important things are happening, which you will see very soon. We, you know, that uh, announcements have been made. So, since I am, I'm keeping that part of my life sort of separate from this show for right now. We'll see in the future, but for right now, just know that you know things are being worked on, and we all know what they are. So, and I'm happy, and I'm happy that progress is be is continuing to be made on those things. So, uh, yeah, um, really, this show, as I hope. You all know with this infrequency and its lack of format doesn't have a lot of rules other than it's pinball related. I mean, this is a show where on one episode I talked about a pinball machine that killed people in a story. So so we basically do what we want. The only uh, ground rule there is uh, that it's pinball related. So, But uh, on every episode, save that one, uh, there was alcohol involved, and that's not different here. So uh, let's give a shout-out to the um, drinks that are supporting us this evening. Greg? Oh, uh, you know, I've got some Cirrus here from Equilibrium Brewery, uh, right by Rock Fantasy in Middletown, New York. A great, nice. great micro craft brewery that uh, is actually – very high rated all across untapped and in front of me now is some serious it's a double ipa 8.5 percent. so i think i'll be nice and cozy throughout this podcast all right very nice very chill and then i'm representing with the texas texas cocktail texas tea uh since i am in texas right now we might as well do as the texans do and so that uh i'm definitely down with uh that helping me throughout the show. I mean, you know, I guess the official percentage is 14, as it says on here. So, yeah. but it's a good enough to get me through the evening. But uh, as you can, I mean, as as uh, listeners of the show may know, if you go back in the archives, I'm still kind of coherent, no matter how much I get. Oh, yeah. How much I drink. I it's weird. I don't know but. if people realize, but that Clusterbuck episode with the three hours and 17,000 guests, I probably finished like the majority of a bottle of tequila. Pretty, pretty sure I was still making sense by the end of the right. At least I think so. But so um, uh, you were you were there. You were present. I got a, <laughs> you know. 
as president as I'm going to be. And hold on, I just got to do the obligatory. Uh, I don't know if you could have heard that, but that's the, the sound of my beer opening. That came through quite clear. That was pretty good. Now, mine is already in the glass, so I can't do the whole beer opening thing. You know, so, <laughs> but uh, that, Just try and make Levy proud. Right. Yours, your sound was quite satisfying. Got to give you proper respect for that. So, uh, so yeah, I get let's let's get started. I mean, do we start with the big one with Pinberg? I mean, this is it. I mean, Here we go. I mean, it's the Super Bowl. Yeah, it's the Super Bowl or maybe like the, the the Royal Rumble where it's not just all the professional wrestlers from every organization, but it's all the amateur wrestlers from all the organizations just like jumping in and everybody's got a chance to win it. Right. And, you know, it's so much going on right now. Right. Steve, August has got a lot going on. There's a lot of stuff being talked about. There's a lot of coverage here. Yeah, we got we've got a lot to uh, to work through here, and uh, definitely it's always good to be talking pinball when there's a lot going on. I remember back in the day when I would used to think that there wouldn't be a lot of pinball news, but uh, it's definitely a lot of things going on now. And yeah, with Pinberg, you're right. It's so like everybody comes together ever in the largest family reunion of pinball. And then we welcome more as they continue every year. I mean, last year was 800. This year is the, it's Pinberg 1000, right? Yep. So we'll see. We'll see how that will affect uh, the logistics as well as, you know, placings, competitions and all that. But uh, uh, as we, as, as we know, Pinberg, Pinberg is not just Pinberg is replay effects. And it's basically a, qual- a quality hang for all the pinball family to uh, come together and, meet friends, re-meet friends, make new friends and all of that. Yep. I mean, but, um, touching on like family yeah. aspect, it's totally what I look at it as. It's like these vacations are kind of like, you know, extended family reunions and the tournament is, you know, the highlight in a competitive sense, but in a, you know, social setting, it's such a good community and Pinburg is like the Mecca of it all. You don't just have, you know, Pinburg 1,000 people. You don't just have WIC double the number of players, 128. Intergalactic, the second biggest tournament in the world in the same weekend, all within like replay effects amazing doors, but it's just everybody that you know and love from all over the country that you get to see in one spot. And, um, you know, touching on that, I got to say, I'm very glad to be here. There's nobody that I'd rather talk competitive pinball with than, than you, Steve. And, uh, I think what the last time I was on meltdown was over a year ago now in Toronto, right? Yeah, we were talking about uh, you know certain uh, certain uh, things that were happening with an EM machine that was really quite interesting, uh, a very uh, esoteric thing, right? You remember butterfly, that? Butterfly. with butterfly phenomenon? Yeah, yeah, I yeah. Shut a game off and then turn it back on and still have game state, even though it's older than I am. Right, that was that was wild when I heard when I heard that from you. I'm like, wait a minute, we have to get this on record because I because first of all, I didn't believe it. I'm like, wait, and then I thought if people heard the story, they wouldn't believe me. Right. So at least we have something to reference that yes, this did happen. We were there. It was true. So I was glad that you were able to come uh, and uh, and and uh, take that tape that with with me that that day. But again, glad to have you back on. So, uh, you know, if we want, I mean, one, one thing I want to give proper respect to before we start is, uh, Pinball Spinner. Um, once again, Corey Hulse is back with pinballspinner.com, the site that everyone's going to go to this Pinberg. <laughs> okay. And why is that? Why is everybody going to visit that site, Greg? I mean, it's, it's not just a resource where you can find the pin tips. It's not just a resource where you can find the pop tutorials or the gameplay videos. But it's just like the all-in-one mecca of like, what bank do you need? What game are you looking for? Um, what possible way do you want to learn this game at your fingertips while you scurry to your bank? You know, it's like Pinberg four years ago, I remember stopping like 
pro players that I recognize being like, what do I do on this? What do I do on that? But, you know, now it's at the point where it's like you have the EM guide from Bob Matthews. Like, oh, there's 100 solid states or EMs that I've never played here. Even if 80% of them are up top all day, Bob, I still appreciate that. And Corey, it's good to know that it's good to know that it's up top all day versus something else that's obvious that you might have missed. I mean, that's still important information that can help you even before it's useful to know that before ball one that, hey, I just got to keep it up top versus, hey, I really need to light the spinner. Yeah. Things like that make a huge difference. Now, I mean, Corey has given this amazing uh, platform for us to use, and it's super, super useful for everybody in the room. And then the interesting thing is, like, from a competitive aspect, if you know everybody's looking at those same tips, where can you find your niche in between those tips that they're not thinking about on that game? Is there a way to, you know, go one step beyond the, the pin tips or, the, or the, the go-to strat and find a way to win? Exactly. And, and that pinball spinner provides a, a convenient source for multiple ways, multiple formats to help you. And you got the videos, you got the link to uh, pin tips, you got the, just it's an aggregation that basically we're all going to uh, depend on. So I hope whatever server that is connected to is uh, up to snuff for those two days, at least, because it's going to get a heavy Heavy workout, especially when the banks get get released for round one. Everybody's going to rush to it. People who don't know are going to find out from their friends, and they'll tell their friends. And it's going to be pretty amazing to see a lot of people running around like Grand Central Station, looking like looking yep, at their yep. phones, right? Like they're trying to catch a train, but no, they're looking at what what, what their banks are are. Where is it, and what do I do on each game? So, I mean, talking about the banks, I mean, let's. How many banks? Are like eighty-seven banks. Let me let's go to the list. I have it up here. Let's see the Pinberg, the Pinberg banks. Yeah, eighty-seven banks of four games to support one thousand players. So, I mean, should we do the traditional? Let's try and pick our favorite banks that we know we're not going to get because karma. Uh, yeah, I mean, if we if we weren't a little bit cliche with the pre-Pinberg podcast episode, then I wouldn't be true to myself. You gotta you gotta be a little bit right. predictable. Just a little bit. Right. I mean, you said there's no rules and I no. can get drunk, so I feel very at home. That's fine. But if, if there's one standard, I think we can keep the Pinberg Bank uh, favorite, favorite picks here. I think you're right there because it's become sort of a mini tradition uh, with podcasts who even look at Pinberg is to look at this huge menagerie of, of, uh, of banks and hope and pray that you get – a quote good bank. I mean, everything is everything is separated pretty uh, well, so, so that if you don't know everything, you kind of have a trap game. So, what I like to yeah. do is I'll look at the EM game that I like, and then look at the other games that are near it, <laughs> and then hope yeah, and hope that you're okay with those. <laughs> right, right. You know, so I'm throwing my hat for Captain Fantastic because it's got Attack from Mars, Guns and Roses, and even Scorpion on it. You know, I'm fine with all that. Yeah, that's 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 one of my banks that I was loving too. Just because for me, Captain is a safe, comfy EM that I'm not afraid of. I'm like, okay, I can get two or three good balls out of this game, and I know what I'm doing. I'm not scared of house balls. Exactly right, because and you know, because you know not to mess around with the upper flipper. You know, hopefully you're not first so that you can see, um, you know, how the bounce is gonna 
go off of it. I mean, you know, hopefully you're first because you won a game. But let's say you're not. You get to see right. you get to see if you hold the flipper up how dangerous it is to hold it up because you're not going to use it. You're not going to use that upper right flipper. I mean, that's just not going right. to happen. So I actually I actually like the format that Pinberg puts the higher ranked players and the people doing well on the DMD game first, right? Mm-hmm. Is that how it works? Yeah. I like that comfort because, you know, get the game that I feel probably the most comfortable on to start a round off right and then go from there. And I just want to give a shout out before I forget to you being the guy that played literally one ball on every <laughs> single machine last year. I don't even think I could stand up for that long. Yo, let me tell you, it was like it was one of those things where I got the call and I was I think I was on the way home from another tournament and. You know, I got a call from the great Fred Cochran and he said, hey, you know what? We were talking about that thing about the Pinberg. Would you be up to doing that challenge? And here I am thinking, yeah, I'm crazy enough to do that. <laughs> you know, <laughs> kind of thinking, what what would that mean to do one ball times all of those games? Not knowing how long it would take, but um, I tell you, what, what's, the, what's the secret to what I was doing there? Compression socks. I'll tell you, I wore those, and I was able to stand up a little bit longer. It, it helped. All right, so I think we're going to go into some, like, later on, some pro tips for Pinberg's yeah. approach as, as a player. But I think non-player, like, just overall tips that I would say is, like, I might, like, consider wrapping my feet in memory foam and, like, with <laughs> duct tape or just probably that. You could have your own personal hotspot if you're worried about the Wi-Fi with everybody eating up a pinball spinner. Um, yeah, true. The, the the ceremonial Alberto Santana hotspot, uh, you know, yeah, respect. Yeah. I, I might. I don't think Alberto's in this year. It's yeah, too bad. Know, man, come the, on. See, that's the danger of a thousand people. Pinberg is becoming so popular. It's a real sport now, but signups for the best tournament in the world, 35 seconds sellout. Yeah, that's what we have to deal with. I mean, when uh, it's bursting at the seams and it's, thir- you know, yeah, 35 seconds sell out for Pember. How long did it take to sell out the Sanctum? Like a breath hold. Like, you know, like what you t- like what was it? Like four seconds? For, and, exactly. that, and that was it. Let me take this opportunity to thank our good friends, uh, Mr. and Mrs. Pin, mm-hmm. as well as their friend Rodney, because I actually didn't get in the first second that I tried to sign up for the first time ever. My heart dropped thinking, great, how many people into the waitlist am I? And then lo and behold, they got me in because they had the chance to buy more than one player and i really appreciate that that was that was an interesting little chat session there i mean we were just it was like the drama the action uh, the intrigue who will get in the pressure <laughs> and like, i find myself lucky to get in and i hit f5 at the perfect time hurry up click 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 okay in good all right fine and then all right who got in wait who didn't get in oh no how, what do we do yeah so that was definitely an interesting high pressure uh time toward the tournament i mean because that's really that was round one round one round zero was was that getting in that was the first yep. that now a thousand people just advanced to round one at that at that point so now now we can continue from from there so and uh i mean with pinbert becoming so so popular i mean a thousand people selling out that quickly how many i mean i'm not even i mean i guess how I guess I should say it, like how many could it possibly support? I just think like whatever number we throw up would sell out and it would just be a matter of who actually came, you know? Like, yeah, like, my, my vision is, is the only way to really get it more than where it's at now because the games are so high quality being tested all year. The banks are done by times. We're going into this like high end 
you know, game situation where we know everything's reliable because of the work that Replay and the Papa people do and all of their players at Fight Club. But, you know, the only way to facilitate more is probably to go full-blown, like, poker style and do multiple days, like, day one of qualifying A group, day one, day two of qualifying B group. Like, if you did it that way and you rented that place out for a week, if, if the price was, you know, doable, that's probably the only functional way to, to grow this, right? I don't have to agree with that. Yeah, to actually support that many players over that period, yeah, it would have to be a multiple day thing just to advance. Yeah, it would have to be like poker because, like in poker, I mean, you know more about this than I do. Like, how many pl- players really during day one and they and they filter it down so quickly to get to the actual money rounds or I guess the cash rounds. I mean, how the, how do they even support that? It has to be like one, a, like it's like round one A and one B and one C sometimes. I right. think so. Like. Figure, figure if you did like 200 people make a division from the thousand people, then maybe instead of that, you would have four days of day one qualifying, 500 each, and 100 make it to each division, uh, mon- like Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. So then all of a sudden, the finals are this like huge cluster of all these people that qualified on different days. I don't know if we'd ever have the space to make it happen, but it certainly looks like pinball is growing more and more by the day. Right. Steve? Absolutely. And, and one thing that really helps, uh, helps that out are the dedicated tournament directors, especially in places like Pinburg and the tournament directors around our great hobby who are brave enough to run events. And, uh, well, I guess we can talk about this. I mean, some of them, um, run events and then also try to play in them. Um, you know, that's a diff, that's a really difficult thing to do that I found when I used to run events is to try to concentrate on running the event, making sure you make a good event and then separate your brain to try to, uh, play in the event as well. But, uh, I mean, there were discussions about, I guess, the fairness of a tournament director playing an event. I mean, I know in, in, in Pinburg, that's, that doesn't happen. I guess there's, because that's such a, that's the Super Bowl. So I guess it's, it's, uh, been judged that there can be no tournament directors running it because they're going to be too busy running the event, period, the end. Yeah. I think Pinburg, Pinburg is the exception in my mind where there's so much going on that obviously, like, even though we would love to see like one of the best players of all time in Bowen get to compete in this. Exactly. Uh, like, yeah. I would love to see that, but at the same time, totally understandable that at this kind of event with a thousand people and so much going on, they need not only tournament directors that are focused only on that, but volunteers. And thank you so much to all the Pittsburgh volunteers. So many of you are top players that I know would love to be in it. So many of you are people that would like be favors to win this thing. And you give that up and all the people involved, it's really like heartfelt that, community prospers from your hard work and um you know as a tournament director as someone that plays in my own events at a local level i don't think the scrutiny here is really directed towards guys like me that are doing local stuff but i just want to say that like i understand both sides and i think we both like could imagine that there's two sides to every perspective we're going to talk about a couple different controversial topics today but you know this particular one i don't want circuit events. I don't want the IFPA World Championships. I don't want any of those huge scale events, probably anything under the difficulty of running Pinburg to exclude directors from being players only because I think that players are the most fit to be the director in a level, a tournament level event of that high. And it comes from experience. It comes from game and rules knowledge. It comes from 
you know, being in all of those crazy situations that come up. And, and just for me, I just I don't see pinball as being able to compensate someone for their time properly where, you know, the fun of it is playing and running the event is to make it great for everybody, yourself included. I just I see the possibility of wrongdoing. I see the possibility of shenanigans. But let's look at the data. We've got tons of competitive pinball in the last couple of years, more than ever. There's no real serious history of a circuit event or a world championship where the tournament director even won, let alone did something that they got called out for. So, I mean, I'm just an analytics guy. If it's a problem, let it become one and then we'll deal with it. But for the time being, I'm cool with it. I mean, I don't know about you. I Um, wouldn't do it. I think, well, well, part of our issue is that yes, even though uh, pinball as a sport game hobby um, is growing, Many of the people who, who I mean, it's it's the good players who are running the events as well. I mean, that's kind of what it is. We're, we're limited in our resources still. Right? Well, I've always thought that if if we were ever to get to a point where we would have something like million dollar pinball, the people who I would want to run the event might want to play in it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, so we have a deadlock there. So, uh, I mean, you can, you can, another example is the Sanctum, right? Yeah. They, um, they do Mr. Carvey and Mr. Sway, right? They, uh, they decided they were, they were going to play in it. And then all of a sudden, no, we can't logistically, no, we want to run a good event. We have to, you know, bow out of it so that the, the event runs without a hitch, which it does. I mean, it's an amazing event, which again, it sells out in like four microseconds which is a testament to their uh, ability to run an event for 24 hours straight and uh, which is already sick, but can't wait. for that one. Always can't wait. For that one. Yeah, yeah, that's going to be ridiculous. Yeah. That's it. Let's, let's speak on the sanctum. I mean, cause you know, you've done the sanctum. Let's speak on it. Uh, let's, let's testify. There is um there is an hour where things begin to lose perspective, I guess is a good way. You know, it's around like three 30 in the morning. there's multiple times where i start to lose perspective and my reality but it's like can you tough it up and and just keep on going it's like you could play better than you can think at a certain point exactly so it's yeah i I know there's that time when i thought i was in multi-ball but i wasn't you know because you're seeing two balls when there's only one and you know but you have to bear down and you you have to get back your your faculty so that at least you can make it and if you can make it to breakfast, right? If you start smelling breakfast, you know you made it. You know you made it to the end, right? I mean, they're awesome. If you make it to that breakfast hour, it's like, yeah, I did it. Woohoo! All right. Whatever you're doing to stay focused, whether it be coffee or Red Bull or just like power bars or if you have like ADHD medication or whatever it is that you're doing, like your, your pure willpower and your strength, your inner core is like some kind of like – just you can't give up. You keep playing your hardest. Sometimes you have a terrible round, but most of the time the pinball kind of wakes you up. It's the it's the downtime in between. You can't really sit down for too long. You get exhausted. You certainly can't close your eyes or you're in trouble. It's it's not a human uh, level tournament where it's like it's pushing it's pushing the levels of is it bad for you? Probably, but it's well worth it in the end. Yeah, that the, it's the the strategic head nod is yeah, it's very that's <laughs> it's very key. You know, I I've taken some definite strategic nods that are on record 
um, of that 15 minute, you know, knockout session that you hope you don't sleep past the round as long as you make sure you do it in the right area. So, and, and people are nice. They'll wake you up, you know, they really exactly. they wake you up. It's not that it's not as cutthroat as people think. And really, you know, it's just really the, the, the uh, appreciation and amazement of people who are actually willing to go through this. And then we pay for it for like three days afterwards. Right. It's, cause yeah. it's like, it's like jet lag to the eighth power. Yeah. The Monday, the Monday after at work, you might as well, like have just checked out when you get there I, I know that i probably am in like zombie mode for 48 hours after that and you can't really explain to your coworker like i just played pinball for 24 hours straight well, i guess you probably- like, what <laughs> <It's> <laughs> you could, i couldn't <laughs> it's like you played what for 24 hours straight they still make that no no <laughs> okay they still make those games so so where were we at? So we're talking Pinberg banks before we get yeah. replay effects as a whole. You said uh, one of my banks that I considered 44, that's the attack from Mars bank. Yeah, that was the, yeah, cause I think that was the one that had, let me go back to it. Now we have our Pinberg links. Uh, let's see. 44 at monster. But where's the AFM 41, 41 at captain. Fantastic. That was the key. Okay. Cause it, and that was that's AFM, Captain Fantastic, Guns and Roses, and Scorpion. Now I imagine Guns and Roses is going to have the difficult right orbit, uh, the right lock shot. Diffic- I imagine, difficult to lock know. on the backhand. And- right, and Scorpion is just you know an endurance. I mean, yeah, we up have top, to we have to keep consult. us up, right? Use the upper plate. Yeah, we have to consult the you know uh, we have to consult Mister Stone, the weatherman on Scorpion. Oh, He's God. a master. He'll just that. break. He'll. he'll- <laughs> I remember at Cleveland one year, he won the classics by like double rolling uh, this game. That's like the equivalent of grand lizard, just reskinned. And I swear we thought like he might break the flippers. He should just stop because you've already won. No one's going to catch you stone. Calm down. Like the tap out, like tapping out on MMA is like, <laughs> if the game could have tapped, the game would have done if, it. If Keith Ellen wasn't in the group, the group would have just been like concede, like you won, like that's it. We're not stopping. I mean, so I think my bank is probably got to be just for consistency purposes, 33. So that's Iron Man, which is not the safest turn of the group I want to play, but ooh. I like Iron Man. I'm consistent on it. People like to have bad scores on it all the time. I think if you just take a level-headed approach, bogey out, and then go for Monger, you're going to get a second place or better if you execute. And then, of course, amazing games like Marsh Track, Indiana Jones, the Pinball Adventure, and the Solid State being Joker Poker, yeah, Joker Poker, which um, I I fully support that bank. Let me tell you right now, it's hard to find. It's it's hard to find a one, two, three, four. I like them all. Bank at Pinburg, and this one pops out at me. Because yes, Iron Man is evil, but it's but it's Iron Man, so you're okay. And Mars Trek is the M is the EM, but it's not terrible, right? <laughs> At all. I'm never upset so, to play Iron Man, even though it's evil. Like we call it Iron Drain, right? But but if you have an approach, you short plunge, you live catch, and you take measured shots, it can be it can be playable. Awesome. All right. So and let's. Uh, I guess we can go to a more uh, I guess global pr- perspective about Pinberg in general and i guess one of the things that has uh, arisen with the popularity of competitive pinball is uh well wagering betting on competitive pinball betting on the skills of players of competitive pinball so uh you know you have to give a shout out to my bookie who uh has started uh i guess when did they start was it texas pinball festival was the first odds really uh, I, I think, think it was stern pro circuit actually Stern pro yeah Stern that, pro was, that was kind of right. like okay. out of nowhere and it just showed up, and lo and behold, 
it looked like the odds were really like crazy almost. And I guess it was because of the format where it's so difficult to get past the person at the top of the ladder. But mm-hmm. you know, Andy Rosa battled his way from like the bottom position as one of the lower seeds. It wins it. And I don't remember who it was, but I had heard that somebody hit on Rosa and it was a pretty big, pretty, pretty big boom. Right. But it, it must have been, uh, I guess, good for them because they're just continuing with uh Finberg and you might as well do the Super Bowl, right? If you if you're gonna if you're gonna offer this uh service, then you might as well do it on the Super Bowl of Pinball. Yeah. And uh, I mean just looking at my bookie now, I mean you can see that pinball, like if if you go to the pinball odds and it's not gonna be that difficult to find because it's like right underneath NCAA basketball. <laughs> so like, wait a minute, that's not bad. You can actually, you know, see it. You don't have to dig too far to get to it. And uh, so, yeah. As as a sports uh, person my whole life, and I've always liked casinos, I've always like, I'm not really a sports better, but I've always liked like the degenerate mindset. I think it goes hand in hand with sports. And my bookies obviously brought something new to competitive pinball. And you see a lot of positive and negative reactions on social right. media and, and wherever. But I think that's the nature of anything new and anything that can make an impact. And I, I know that, like, shout out to Jesse Ollis, Pinball Profile, always being a good uh, pinball journalist, bringing, like, both audiences or all audiences a couple different perspectives. He had a great interview with Bowen about Pinberg in general and his his issues with it. And those are valid and very fair but also interviewed someone from my bookie that also clarified some questions hard questions to ask and i think people were interested to see both sides of that and you know it's like i could understand why some people think it's a bad thing and i could understand why some people think it's amazing and i think it's just a growth potential you know like every single sport that ever flourished since however long ago has had some kind of sports book action. You know, Vegas takes odds on almost anything. And I think for people that aren't pinball people, that's going to draw attention. You know, people that don't have any clue that this little niche competitive uh, platform exists. And um, not only shout out to Jeff, but shout out to Bowen for saying some stuff that I really agree with, that it's important for both sides to be heard and we're all friends and it's it's good to talk about these things. And, um, you know, what do you think, Steve? Like... I think I mean I think in general um as far as betting on what betting on pinball as an activity raises its sportiness level right yeah. <laughs> I mean that's what it does um I mean when people ask me is pinball a sport I do not answer that question because it's not yes or no it's I compare the sportiness level right of a sport to another one and so I think if you can and, and one of my criteria is can you place a legal wager on the skill of the event then okay then that adds to it that may not make it a sport or not but it helps toward it <laughs> I mean yeah. and to me it sort of proves the rule that you can now bet on the skill of a player so yeah so you're that just adds to it so I'm okay with it I mean you've been wearing I've, that I've, sports hat for a long time actually haven't you yeah sports now, <laughs> now it kind of feels more and more like it's getting there yeah, really. I was. I'm. I'm wearing it. It's my. It was my ironic sports hat, so that people can ask me, "Well, what sports do you like?" And I say, "No, none. None of them. Not you know. Whatever. I don't care. That's why I wear this hat because I don't care." So you know, since we're talking about this, I think it's important to remind everybody listening in that if you're a player, you're not going to be involved in the the betting process, which is an IFPA rule that came out shortly after this all came about. 
but at the same time, um, there's concerns about legality and uh, Steve and I are not professional lawyers here. So I don't think this legal, right. legal standpoint, but from what we heard on Pinball Profile and from what I imagined through my experience in my life is that the better doesn't really face any concerns. It's more of a, you know, state law thing. And I'm under the impression that my bookie operates outside of the United States. So it's one of those things where if it's happening, you're very unlikely to face any consequence on your side. And, you know, look, technically pinball and the act of paying out prizes for pinball is illegal in plenty of places. I think in New York, it's still an outdated law that says it's not a game of skill and you shouldn't even be having tournaments. Um, that's not enforced. There's plenty of other comparable things. It's just very, very unrealistic, in my opinion, to have a, a worry as someone that wants to be involved. If you're going to if you're going to bet, I don't think that you have any legal ramifications on your side and and i mean and this site isn't a fly-by-night site either i mean they've been here for a while i mean i, had, I hadn't heard of it until they came in but then when you look at it and you see you know alexa 40k you know like they're like so i mean and by that i mean like ranking as far as like web traffic um so you know and yeah they offer lots of betting and also lots of betting on all the sports and also other things like other prop bets on other things. Oh, the, prop like, for <laughs> the prop bets for Pemberg are the best part. Hilarious. Yeah. This, <laughs> let me scroll down. Yes. Let's scroll down and go to, I guess the, 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 the greatest one ever is will Josh Sharp finish exactly second 15 yeah. to one. I we're, mean, <laughs> we're, we're all friends with Josh Sharp right. or at least I am, but he is the man. He why, is the man. <laughs> he's so good at being very humble and friendly about this ongoing joke. That's been dragged through the mud here. But I mean, I'm just going to say why in the world is this not even money? I mean, that's probably the most likely one to come true. Right. Because, because if it was, then he would win it and then it would be all over. <laughs> <laughs> that's what happened. This will be the year that he wins it, and and then that's it. We're done. I actually heard. I actually heard that perspective of, oh, if they're gonna ban players from betting, you should be able to bet on yourself. Now, I don't agree with it because I totally am in compliance with like the mindset that players that are involved in the actual activity of playing should not be wagering. Period. But I can see the idea of like you should be able to bet yourself because you're not influencing other than playing your hardest. And like, I think that touches also on like some of the concerns that people have with, is this going to ruin pinball because it's going to cause all this collusion and all this stuff that is speculative. I think that falls into the same category of tournament directors playing. Look, until it's an actual issue and we actually find some actual circumstances where it goes down, I don't think it's worth overanalyzing and trying to ruin momentum that could progress the sport or the hobby, whatever you want to call it off of what ifs i mean so far all these tournaments have had it there's been no reported issues and like technically speaking just like everything else uh collusion in any competitive platform is always a possibility you see it in major sports you see it in uh, you know referees going to jail in basketball stuff like that happens but it's pretty it's pretty rare and you know how many times could you imagine through pinball's history, has someone in a final situation said to someone else in the finals, "Hey, do you want to split the price?" Is it? Yeah, hurting? won't split. Is won't it, cut, it, won't chop. Is it, won't chop. Is, yeah. it, is it hurting anyone? <laughs> probably not, but it's probably happened times many times before. But at the end of the day, I don't think anybody playing at the highest level is going to not try their hardest because of something like this. If we were out to make money, we would be doing something else. Probably, like Keith Owen is the most successful player. 
by a mile and he's not making a living winning tournaments. This is a hobby and a, a thing of passion and pride. Most of us care more about winning than any monetary gain in the first place. Like you're one of the most successful players I know. I'm pretty sure you can barely cover the cost of traveling and room and board. I'm just looking to break even, man. Yeah. <laughs> just let's, let me just break even, please. <laughs> Come on. Yeah, don't get me wrong. That's, that's it. So I can use that money for the next tournament for travel for there. That's basically what I'm trying to do. Yeah. So. I mean, don't don't get me wrong. At the local level, I'm probably up money from from league and local tournaments. But when people ask me like, "Oh, you're a, you're a high ranked pinball player." Does that mean that you're making money? I'm like, yeah, I win money, but it's like paying for my vacation by like 30% of it maybe. Like maybe on a good weekend, I'm covering my hotel. And that's great because we love it. And it's like the family reunion that we're all looking forward to. Like, oh, what tournament am I going to next? I'm not thinking, oh, much. how much am I going to win when I finish top eight? Like it's just not the mindset. Well, I, I guess if we can – I guess uh, leave my bookie. We can go to another version of it, which is the Pinberg Fantasy Game League. What is it? Wait, 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 wait. Hold up, hold up. Before we shift to fantasy, I just got to say, I thought it was cool because I didn't notice this until it came up in Pinball Profile. I thought it was cool that it looks like Escher and yourself, Mr. Steve Bowden, uh, known for crushing major tournaments, uh, were the ones that – the lines moved. I didn't. I didn't notice that until the other day. But um, good reason. Escher is a absolute beast, and he's probably going to end up being one of the best players in the world. He already is, but he's probably going to end up being like superstar top five as he gets older. And uh, Steve, I think you deserve that nod. You know, it's uh, you finished fifth a couple of years ago. You've been on fire this season, as always. You're like the circuit destruction terminator. And I'm so glad that it's no longer the black hole of Whopper points now that uh, <laughs> now that you can actually go to the Stern Post. <laughs> right. I can actually go now so I can actually use my rank. I mean, last year I, I went and squandered my rank, so I've got to get it back. That's one thing. I don't, I don't care. I mean, I have to get my rank back so I don't waste it like I did last year. I had the number one seed and I bombed out basically the first round and just played poorly. And I deserve definitely deserve my early exit. So this year with the format change back to the old style – you know, ranking is super important. Yeah, we'll we'll get to the pros and cons of the new format, which is pretty much how much it's going to help you and how much it's going to screw me. But <laughs> um, so, all right, wait, really quick. I don't want to suggest anybody play on any single person because that's too hard of a thing to do at Pinburg. I, th- I mean, like in my mind, one of my good friends that I'm staying with the whole week, Daniele, being uh, not a Pinburg regular, I'm really curious to see as one of the favorites if he's going to come through. But I've, I'd rather touch on these – these, uh, without picking my choice, I just want to mention some of these prop bets. They're super fun, right? I mean, we got this. Oh yeah, we got this one that's like seemingly something to do with pinball personalities in Jack Danger, Jeff Teolis, and the 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 hosts of Slam Tilt, a show that we've uh, always frequented. Bruce and Ron Hallett. Uh, there's like a Canadian group, which is which is amusing. Um, there's like the favorites group: Keith, Ray, Danielle, and, and Eric Stone. Winner, whether they're from the U.S. or not, which is obviously the tournament is predominantly United States players, but there's so many good Europeans and people from all over the world. That's still a relevant thing. Uh, first time winner. That almost seems like it's like, you know, I guess who are the winners? We have had Keith. We've had Becker. We've had Zach Sharp. We've had uh, Colin. Colin, yep. Colin McAlpine. There's, there's, there's only a, a short list, uh, you know, Belcito. There's, there's only a short list of Pinburg winners. So that one's got a 
more of like a field versus a couple favorites aspect. Will the winner be either plus 40 years age or younger than 20? That's an interesting one. Um, will Keith have that perfect round? Will he get the gold medal? Yeah, right. I haven't number, of perfect, number of perfect rounds on Thursday, right? So what? The, how many 12s will there be? Okay, yeah, that's a good I one. haven't looked at the data for Keith, but 12s are freaking hard. I'm sure that he's had plenty, but I'm not sure if he does it every year. I got one medal once, and it was when I was already eliminated from B finals last year, and it was just like the only way to make myself feel better, so I was really happy. <laughs> um and yeah, yeah, I did. I did get one medal once. I think it was the last one, and and that twelve boosted me into getting in to like where I was like in a comfortable position for the last round. I think that's where I was. Like I had that boost at the right time, to where I didn't like run into a Keith group or a Yorian group or a Danielli group and like bomb out. So it was like a perfect time for it. So uh, yeah, but uh, well, I, I yeah, will Keith have a perfect round? Yeah, that's that's a that's a great question because I'd be like, well, yeah, right. But then, could, but or he could just get elevens, right? <laughs> you know? Right. So, Keith's gonna average. Keith's gonna average a ten, but whether he'll get his right. it's hard to say. See, I'm my goal this year is instead of thinking about how many points I get in the round, I'm very lucky to be a restricted this year. I think I squeaked in in like 99th, right around that. Woo. You know, right around that 100 line, as my uh, my friends at Never Beef like to joke at my expense, calling it the Pavarelli line, since I'm always hovering, right. always hovering around the 100 mark. But um, I so just to be clear, to be clear, to be a restricted, you have to be ranked in the top 100 by when? By July 1st was the deadline, and that's a new rule. It used to be it used to be very tight at the top 50. I think also if you've made a finals last year, or if you made the final four of a in any year, something along those lines, but you know, figure if it's top 100 plus the people that qualified last year, I don't think there's even 100 people that are A restricted in the tournament of a thousand. So, you know, moving on from some of those very uh, awesome prop bets, and everybody should check out mybookie.net if they're interested. Uh, some good stuff on there. We also have a different form of uh, analytical style sports related Pinberg. Uh, progression here and it's totally within the rules of the ifpa and brought to us uh by the one and only tim sexton he did a great job uh you know i've i've really loved the concept here with fantasy pinberg fantasy pinberg this year is available if you want to check out my uh analysis article on tilt forums or on my facebook and um you know there's a google doc and a submissions page and you can check it all out Right. So if you go to tiltforums.com and basically search for a fantasy Pinberg 2019 analysis is, is fantasy Pinberg 2019 analysis is the group name. So if you search for that. It will come up first and you'll get all the official particulars on the, uh, the, the Google doc sheet, the ratings. It's very detailed, very well done. And, uh, you know, very fun with everybody's got a value. You've got, you know, rules and, and, uh, limitations that you will learn about and, uh, participate is fun. Yeah, it's fun and it's free. So, so that's yeah, an, another mean, way. You know, you're not wagering, even though the auction is based off dollar value. That's just a standard fantasy style auction uh, metric. So the uh, you know the the analysis is pretty in depth. Uh, all I would say is, without touching back too much on it, is if you want a quick understanding, you're going to draft a five player roster with a four hundred virtual dollar budget, and players are valued based off of a combination of 
their IFPA ranking or previous Pinberg results. Um, and you're trying to build a team that gets you the most points. The scoring metric is available to you, but you're really trying to get people that qualify in a division. And, you know, one strategy, if you want just a quick strat would be to only select players that are a restricted for that purpose of maximizing your, your base points. And then trying to, from those use your, your budget to put together this puzzle of the strongest team. That's most likely to, do well in A and make a run while also not having a chance of faltering into to B. So um, there's a lot of fun combinations. Um, I don't know who you put on your team, Steve, but I'm going to be a little bit more secretive about mine as the competitive side of me still wants to win. But what I will say mine is... Mine as well. Yep, I, I agree. I will do the same. What I will say is uh, they were talked about in my... Um, they were talked about in my analysis. The two people that shine out to me as the best p- possible value out of all these amazing players is you got Yorian at a $111 uh, value, which puts him in the, you know, a, a minus cost range when he's actually clearly an A-plus player and no one would ever deny that. And it's strictly just because he wasn't in Pinberg or his ranking slipped a little bit from not playing as much with family. And then you got Lyman Sheets, who similarly is one of the greatest of all time. And he's down in like the $30 range strictly because he hasn't been playing that much. He's busy making all these amazing games. And, and you know, so if you want to be smart, which is always key in fantasy, maximize efficiency with your budget, you know, try to build a team that is getting you the most points, but is also consistent. I would definitely suggest looking at those two guys. Well, I'm thinking that uh, when this episode comes out, which is going to be pretty quickly after this is done, I'm going to edit this as, as fast as I can. You're going to see a whole lot more Lyman activity. I mean, because <laughs> yeah. everyone's going to pick Lyman because he is a man that could, you know, blow up a tournament at any time. And so this just might be his, his, his year. He can do it at any time. So that that value, that's super valuable. I don't even know fantasy. And I know that's a great value. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. And you know what? I would have picked Lyman anyways. Thanks, Lyman. Right. Yeah. Thank you, Lyman. Yeah. So <laughs> before we move on from fantasy, just thanks again to Tim for, for this awesome this awesome platform. I hope a lot of people do it and have fun. And, um, you know, I just also have to take this opportunity to mention that uh, Jeff Tillos invited me into his fantasy baseball pool this year. And uh, I'm dominating him and all of his other Canadian friends by a pretty reasonable <laughs> margin. So thank you, Jeff, for giving me this chance to rub that in and uh, remind you every day that I'm better than you. <laughs> Pavarelli showing his his multifaceted fantasy All right. skills. All right, he's also winning his division. He's pretty good too. It's okay. Oh, okay, right. So, See, fantasy so is all about trash talk. A little bit of a walk back, but nonetheless, still showing his uh, multi-platform fantasy skills in multiple areas uh, in the sport of fantasy. <laughs> well done, Greg. <laughs> no, you know, you know, I'm just having fun. You know, we love Jeff and trash talk. Speaking of trash talk, uh, we just had that trash talker invitational thing, which was really a good time by Chuck Webster for charity, and that was at um, the Pintastic, uh, you know, show and and circuit tournament. Which who won that against Steve? Oh, I don't, I don't know. Um, mm, uh, <laughs> I don't recall. Like I said, oh, like a politician. I don't, I don't recall. I don't fake recall. News. Fake, fake news. Fake news. Fake All news. Right. Uh, <laughs> I'm gonna say congrats to Steve. Uh, right. That win, that win, uh, jumped you right to the top of that circuit standings list, as you are no stranger to, obviously. And um, 
I got to say, if you haven't been to Pintastic, you know, the, the, the Sanctum guys do a great job of running an awesome tournament. It's a different style and like, you know, sort of limited entry Papa format, but it's a great show. It's a really fun venue. They're, they're switching venues to another awesome looking venue next year. There's, you know, Treehouse Brewery, which is like the best brewery in the country as far as I'm concerned. And if you haven't been there, get there. It's worth it. Oh, uh, yeah. It's, it, there's a reason why they had to expand. I mean, that, that place in, in the Sturbridge Host Hotel was is a great place. It's a, a nice little place in Sturbridge, Mass. But just the, the amount of people and the amount of vendors who were packed in there. <laughs> I mean, yep. so it's definitely it, it deserves to expand. It will expand. I'm glad to see it grow. And it's a great event. And yes, I did fly there from San Antonio because I knew it was great. So yeah, I mean, it was a circuit event, but sure. It's also, it's also a great event, which I know I'm going to meet a lot of friends from back East. So that was just a perfect opportunity for me to yeah, do that. Yeah, I mean, thinking about it, right? So we see each other all the time, even though you moved across the country. We just were in Vegas together. We stayed with Jeff and we had an amazing time in Vegas. You know, we showed uh, that being degenerate has all kinds of different platforms. I probably played like three days straight of blackjack and poker because I was going on a good run and I didn't want to slow down. And you are a warrior. You are like a blackjack warrior. Like I need to learn. I need to sit at the feet of the master and, and, and learn this and learn the skills and the stamina of, uh, you know, this, this me sitting back with my basic strategy. That's something I do. It's a grind. It's a grind. But what I will say is I had a really good time with you guys and uh, even if after that three-day run, when I finally got 15 minutes of sleep, it culminated into something that we'll tease here without giving out too many details because I think Jeff wants to have me on to talk about it one day. Mm-hmm. But uh, let's just call it Greg Jenga, which is what happens when I finally pass out after 60-something <laughs> hours of gambling. Right. A new, a, new, a new competitive sport, Greg Jenga, coming to you, coming near you. Wait, maybe I could get up on my bookie. You never know. Exactly. Will there be Greg Jenga at the next pinver? <laughs> Three to one. <laughs> it's like, what? yeah, but that, yeah, that was that was definitely that was definitely a quality hang there. But uh, we also did uh, something else there as well. I think you were about to talk about it. Yeah. Well, you're you're the master. I'm going to give you the, the the stage here. What what do we do? Yeah. There? Um. There's there's a there's a craps machine that uh, is uh that that looks like Papamatic trouble. And so, like the dice, the dice are in a bubble. Basically, they're in an enclosed area, and they rattle up and down. And then you hit the button, like pressure luck and everything. Like you hit the button, like the pressure luck game show, and the dice stop. And so, I mean, as long, if you hit it in the right way, I don't know. It seems like there is an element of skill involved, right? Um, because. I was not sevening for what forty, fifty rolls. Yeah, <laughs> we're having fun. It was great. So, I mean, I guess the theory the theory is if you hit the button when you see a seven, you won't see that seven. Right, eliminating, eliminating one combination of sevens. Right. So using so using some sort of fast twitch pinball skill uh, can help you maybe in that. Uh, in that, I mean, I guess the theory seems sound, but again, with all luck based things like that, and but I think the key is because you have the button, it's not like it's not just rolling the dice. I'm gonna go out on a limb here. We didn't do enough data to really say that it's a fact that it's helping you, but what I will say is, I'm a cards guy, I'm a poker player, I don't like games of luck, I hate dice because I feel like it's just complete luck, 
But you guys showed me that not only can craps have strategy, regardless of whether it's Popomatic, awesome craps, or table craps, because there is strategy, but you clearly were rolling for much longer than the average person would on a standard table. And then when I did my first attempt at it, the pinball skills kicked in, like the reactionary time. And right. lo and behold, I think I went on a 30-something roll spin my first time too. And like I made, you know, it was only 80 bucks because I wasn't wagering a lot, but it felt like easy money. Right, it it did, and I and I tell you though, I tell you what what is the key to it is, is the time you get twenty. You, we had twenty seconds, and the reason why is because I went on a trip when I was uh, on my way to uh, another tournament with 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 Colin McAlpine. We stopped by a casino and they had Papamatic craps, and they concrete and decreased the time to ten seconds, and ah, it was like kryptonite. No guarantee on the seven. No guarantee. Right. That when when we were able to hit the button, we were good. But sometimes the game hit the button for us, and then it fell back to luck again. So there's the kryptonite right there. Is decreasing that time, and I mean, you know, we didn't lose our shirt or anything. So, but I mean, it was right. it definitely proves something else. I guess it's the opposite that proves the rule. So it it definitely proves that something happens. So if we had like infinite time to do that. To, to time a seven, I think that over the course of a thousand, ten thousand rolls, maybe we tilt the odds at yeah, least yeah. even. Because if you because if you take a seven off the board, then that means you have six ways to make a seven, right? right? And so, which is the same as the six and the eight. So you're all right. Nonetheless, if you're doing it right, I've always heard that craps is one of the beatable games in the casino. Shout out to shout out to my second favorite Greg in pinball, uh, Greg DeFeo, who I know mm-hmm. lo- likes likes his craps, and we could probably ask him more about that. But I know that it's one of the games that even if you don't have this, you know, you know, speculated edge of the popomatic, don't 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 get that seven. I'm pretty sure it's a winnable game, anyways. So yeah, I guess we we can consult the uh, the true masses of the game to see if uh, our our uh, our theories our amateur theories are correct. But I know it felt correct when I was cashing out tickets of, of more than what I was putting in. So right, I mean it felt right. What now? Whether it's fool's gold and we and I get completely owned one time because I'm doing the same thing, we'll see. But. I was all right, and you were all right. You know, yeah. Jeff Tios was all right. We were just, we were having, people were lined up. People were lined up to try and get the, the seats because they were like seats all around this machine. So you sit down and hit the button, and we're standing up because we're trying to time it to when we see the seven, you know? Right. And people are look, looking at us. Why are they standing up? What are they doing? And so people were like, around us waiting to get seats (laughs) as soon as as someone would get up someone else would sit back down because we were in the middle of like a 40 roll streak where there was no seven so so something was happening so if we're if we're gonna move to like sort of like i'd like to think of it as like the the whopper forecast so to say right yeah this is this is the whopper rally forecast major tournaments to come um so we were talking about obviously pinberg the mecca the super bowl the royal rumble of pinball and we're only days away folks replay effects is around the corner we're super excited but there's also um the women's international pinball tournament run by kate martin uh from brooklyn new york good friend of ours and this year it's doubled in size to 128 women. It's going to be amazing. I'm really looking forward to that. And you've also got Intergalactic, which is for charity, a tournament that is pretty much the second biggest tournament in the world to Pinburg, bigger than any other circuit event. It's not a circuit because Pinburg already is, but we're talking, 
you know, four or 500 people or whatever it was and really, really big value. It's limited entry. So I know that I'm not counting on qualifying. I don't know about you, Steve. Oh man, not only it's, it's super limited. I mean, it's like, what is it? 10, it's like 10 tickets, but you got, you get your best four scores. I yeah. Looking at the games, list, looking at the games list, I know I'm not touching most of these. I'm probably going, I'm probably going, let's see, uh, revenge from Mars, Jackbot, Ripley's whirlwind and Xenon, uh, with a honorable mention, maybe going to twilight zone just because. Yeah. You got to put in some twilight zone in there. Yeah, yeah. Give it a try. Figure it out. You know, limited entry, limited entry, you can't really mess up. You got to take very little risks. I mean, flip-flop. No. No. <laughs> no. Flip, flip-flop the fuck out of here. It's fever, not really. Thank you. Come again. <laughs> See you next year. You can shat an in-lane. And if you can shat an in-lane on Ice Fever, yeah. But, high hand, but then he got meat. High hand, uh, no. Shout out to Josh Sharp. No, thank you. Right. Meteor, okay. I mean, you know, okay. I mean, I might. I might be able to, you know, get fooled by Meteor. I mean, you Meteor, know, I Meteor is like my classic sucker bet, though. I always think, oh, I'm going to do good on Meteor. I can rip that spinner. I can transfer the ball. Nope. Goodbye. <laughs> so that is definitely going to be a very interesting lineup there. I mean, Ripley's is okay, but then you got like Bone Busters Incorporated. Yeah. The not Ghostbusters license, right? So, <laughs> so, so, all right. Before I move on from this amazing replay effects, I just want to say, I'm curious what your what your perspective is on this, but I know that I've learned over the years at Pinburg. I said earlier I don't want to focus on like I need an eight this round. I just want to focus on each game. And my best advice to anyone listening, not that I've really crushed Pinburg yet, but my best advice is try to play smart pinball so that you're getting second place or better. You don't need to win every game. You want to avoid lasts, get points, match play strategy. You know, you wanna you wanna play optimal to win games, but your first priority is making sure you're putting together points on every game. It's one win at a time. If you think about it, it's not by round. It's really by every opponent you play throughout two days. Each victory you get is relevant towards your total final standing. And if it's ball three or ball five on an EM, if you see a way to get yourself a point or even two, that's what you got to do. Like even if it's not the optimal strategy or the thing that you've been doing the whole game. If it's sitting there, you go for it. That's my that's my take on it. That's it. Get the point. One point is infinitely more important than zero. I mean, because that's just the way it works out. I mean, if you're going to think about the difference between A division and E division is going to be what? Six wins? Seven? I mean, the way it works out. It's so right? tight. The, the, the difference between the cutoff is going to be so tight. And you think, wow, it must be such a crapshoot. Which division are you getting? No, it's just the way it works out. All the combination with that many people, it it does. Yeah, an A division player would have, say, like out of the 60 points, 36, you know, and then an E might have 28, right. you know, and just the way that would work out. And, 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 and it's just so important to get that one point. Yeah. And because it's huge, it's and one point will because of a thousand players, one point will may jump you up a hundred positions, right. <laughs> you know, forty positions, seventy positions, and so do whatever you can to get that one point, even if you're not, you know, a, a blow up strategy may blow up in your face and leave you with a last when you could have got right. two. You know, I'm gonna try to right. I'm gonna try to remember like early into the tournament. You might be thinking, "Oh, I really want this seven this round. I want at least a seven. I'm sitting here with a four after three games. It's been a rough round. Thinking, "Oh man, I really want first place." That's the mistake. Like, you, yeah, a first is great, but there's still a long 
two days to go. It doesn't actually matter if you get the seven. If you get a six instead of a five, it's going to matter in the end. And, it's huge. You know, your wins, your wins will come to you if you're playing calmly and, and not overthinking. Right, and not and also not getting you know beat down by early disappointments because you can come back. Um, an eleven fixes everything. I mean, you know, 12s, 12s fix the world. Elevens fix just about everything. So you can you can equalize a lot by having a, a decent round or even you know a bunch of decent rounds in a row and a great round cures a lot of illnesses. So early, right. early, early, uh, you know, early bad starts of, uh, can really hurt you if you, you know, go to the mentality of, oh, I should have done this and I should have done that. No, 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 that's gone. That happened. It's gone. Go to the next one. Go to the next one. So at least, but at least with us, with us being locked in the A, we don't have to worry about that. But you know, you, you still want to represent. At the end of the day, you still can't afford, like completely tanking and beefing out when you're a restricted because you might be in a, but you're pretty much toast if that's what happens. So it's a grind, but you know, like you said, don't defeat yourself early into a bad round. Pinball is just as much a mental game as it is a game of skill. And you can be your best friend or your own worst enemy. And it's hard. It's, you know, everybody gets nervous. Everybody gets upset with themselves at times. But I think that one of the keys to becoming a better player is, you know, it's taking a deep breath, stepping back, and getting back focused on the game, and not being upset when you are. That's and that's that's also a key. one of the, the hidden skills: time management. First one, second, eating properly, drinking fluids. Third, I mean, it's so. And don't eat a big meal. Don't eat a big meal. Right, that not I, that right. I mean that that the bathrooms in that facility are way far away, so. Uh, make sure you budget that time as well. They're all around the edge of the facility. So you have to account so, for that as well. Before we move past Pinburg, because I think we've uh, we've touched a lot of bases here. I don't think we did our our dream banks that don't exist. Like I just want to say, because I know it's I know it's pre Pinburg cliche. If I had a dream bank out of the games available this year, sadly one of my favorites in Star Trek Next Generation is missing this year. But I think my dream bank this year would be Deadpool Pro, which is just super fun, and I have a really good time playing it. Um, Argosy, a game that I learned very, very early into playing pinball because Levy has one. Um, RoboCop, just because it's fucking amazing and so cool and always fun. And uh, Harlem Globetrotters, my my favorite solid state of all time that I would love to own one day. Well, let's see. What, what would be my dream bank? Well, I have to start with the EM, which, of course, is Grand Prix. I mean, hands, hands down. Yes, spinners all day, baby. I look for Grand Prix, and then looking at the Pinburg Banks, Grand Prix is in with Dirty Harry, Creature from the Black Lagoon, and Skateball. That's a good bank. And let me tell you, that ain't bad. That's <laughs> okay? pretty good. I think I might go. I mean, it wouldn't be my dream bank, but that I think might be better than any of the other banks I've, I've looked at thus far. I was pretty much all in. I was. I was pretty much all in on that bank until I saw Creature, and then I pulled out really fast. It's never a bad idea to pull out. Better safe than sorry. (laughs) For me, sorry. You said no rules. That's fine. So Creature is like – I can't believe I'm admitting this on air because now people are just going to pick it against me all the time. Creature is like my pinball kryptonite. Wow. I fear – I mean, I could get good scores. I'm like a move your car. Hot take. (laughs) Hot take, everybody. All right, go ahead. I'm going to move your car, try to grind it out because multi-ball is almost always a beef. Um, You know, it's not just regular beef. It's like 
like prime <laughs> it's like prime Kobe beef like like I might as well it might as well just be like a cow falls on me from the sky when I step up the creature. But other than that, that was a good that's definitely in my wheelhouse. I mean, of course, I mean, my dream bag would have to have Spider-Man in it because it's my favorite game of all. Um, yes. But after that, I'm not really sure what happens then. Early DM, I'm not sure of that. I mean, I would go with that Pinberg bank and be fine with it. <laughs> I, mean, yes. I would just, with Grand Prix Dirty Harry Creature and Skateball, so, because, you know, I can I can tap pass pretty well. And, you know, yeah. and they're, they're all games. I There are all games that I'm completely familiar with, and I'd should, be comfortable playing all one. Yeah, should I collect over and over and over? I did that at Papa when it was there. I, I watched the Bowen video that morning at the Haitian Amy's, and I was like, I could do that. And then right. I did it. I was like, damn, that worked. <laughs> like it, it never worked. It never works. <laughs> right. It always seems to never work when you really need it, right? Yeah. And then it does. And then like, well, why can't I do that every time? Come well, you on, know what? Now. We've been we've been talking degenerate behavior. We've been talking Vegas. We've been talking my bookie. I hope you get some luck. I hope that's the bank you you end up in when it matters most. I, right now, we're gonna take a selfie when you get there. Steve. Right. Yes, exactly. I hope I get that bank and then I do well in it. You know. Yeah, I'll run up to you when it happens. You'll be smiling wide and I'll be flipping off the creature and we'll remember this moment. I think we pretty much wrapped up Pinbird pretty well to even make it its own show. Yeah, so <laughs> we just did that. I think we did that. I might even end up doing that when this is over. We'll 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 see how this works out. So if we were moving on in the in the Whopper forecast, so to say, I think maybe we can move towards like the the pending circuit schedule. We talked about the changes to SPC, and we can get into detail on that. And um, what? So you're at the top of the rankings right now. Raymond Davidson, the number one player in the world, right behind you. So many of the top names up there, but it's it's a different it's a different qualification period now, cut down to twenty, and there's still plenty of pinball to go. So what we've got. Um, you know, we've got obviously Pinburg in a couple of weeks. We got Brisbane Masters all the way in Australia. Shout out to our friends at Head to Head Pinball. Uh, you know, Northwest Pinball Championships. Yeah, uh, Northwest going to be huge. Cleveland, Chicago Expo, the 24 hour battle, as we talked about, Free Play Florida, OBX, and Pittsburgh Pinball Open, which date is to be determined. And that pretty much is what? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, ten tournaments still to go. It's like we're at the halfway mark. And then, right. You know, it's uh it's it's down to the wire. It's gonna be the hardest one to qualify for since it's become the Stern Pro Circuit at twenty people. And um, you know, you said before, back to the ladder, and if you're up there up top, whether you stay one seat or not, you're almost guaranteed uh a top five or six four. finish or better. If you're if you're one then you're guaranteed top four because you're you're in the last four. Right. So that's why that's so important. It's, so I mean looking at all those events, how many do you think you you'd be able to make to right? So, make it to, all right. right. So I mean I'm I'm already at four or five events this year. I'm paced for my normal like very heavy load of ten. I don't think anyone plays as much as you or DJ Real, but I'm one of the crazy whopper addicted freaks that go across the country year round um i'm probably gonna hit uh i'm probably gonna hit 24 hour battle which i already pre-registered for and i always go to ppo but um and i'm actually going to be missing more of the circuit this year um for the best possible reason um getting married to my lovely wife to be and uh Woo! yeah thank there you. it is 
Five. Thank you, thank you. But don't don't worry, folks. She is totally on board with with competitive pinball. That has nothing to do with it. She is in fact taking the name Mrs. Drasana Madnik Pavarelli slash Waparelli. So she's endorsing <laughs> she's endorsing pinball. Don't worry, it's, that's not it. It just so happens that I'm using the rest of my vacation days for a beautiful honeymoon, Amsterdam, and then Denmark, and then back to Amsterdam. The cool part is, is, and I swear she was totally consenting on this, is that at least two of the days we will be at the European Pinball Championships and the Danish Pinball Open, and she's excited to see all those people and meet a bunch of people in Europe. There's so many amazing people, mods, and the the people in Denmark uh, at the, the Pin Lab are so accommodating. And I'm super thrilled if I have to miss a bunch of the circuit tournaments um, to be able to play in this amazing major championship and a, another major tournament at the same time. It's going to be incredible. I'm just going to be in the best mood because I'll be in this amazing 12-day European vacation with the love of my life. But um, I'm totally stoked for that and um, honored and privileged to be the captain of Team USA this year. And uh, wow, that's awesome. All right. Yeah. I mean, they made a good run last year. I think they finished fourth. And um, I've got a good team under me here with I got, you know, Levy Naiman and Sebastian Bobbio and Jeff Teolis, Colin McAlpine. And I'm not sure if he's going to make it, but we've got some strong backups there in case he doesn't. And, um, you know, really really looking forward to doing that it's a team tournament it's going to be great fun i think the swedes are probably the favorites but we will try to bring it home to usa all right usa well i mean let me be i guess the first to congratulate you on this wondrous occasion and thank you very much for announcing that this wondrous occasion on this show (laughs) and so uh that i can tell you that have a great time and i'm glad to I'm definitely glad to hear that this is happening, and uh, congratulations to both of you. Yeah, thanks, man. That means a lot. And uh, really? I know that you and Drasana are good friends, and she's excited to meet so many more of the people in the scene. She's probably going to try to make it out to Pinburg next year. And she went to Texas Pinball Festival. She had a blast with our good friend Antoinette, who's like one of her best friends. And she had a great time, and she saw part of the lifestyle that we have. And, you know, um, I think this year was out of the cards because she works at this amazing new place uh, – Here's a self-shameless plug to uh, Solid State, my favorite bar right now in uh, Woodside, New York, where I live in in the borough of Queens. They've got nine pins in the back, 18 craft New York-style beers on tap, and an amazing full bar. She's bartending there. But, of course, since it is is a pinball bar run by uh, none other than the, the famous Chris Medina, who was the innovator of the team leagues all throughout the country, starting in New York City, obviously... Most of the people working want to be busy the week of Pinburg. So, right. <laughs> yes. so she'll, she'll be racking in the dollars and she'll try to make it out next year. But um, looking forward to so many of you meeting her. And I'm just a very lucky guy. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, make sure to remind her when, when whipped registration happens. Oh, yeah, it'll I sell out. It'll that. sell out in a second, just like everything else. It'll sell out in four seconds. So, like, just, you know, even if they expand it to 256, hint, hint, nudge, nudge next year. Right. right? So, it's going to sell out in like no time. So, make sure you keep her on that so that you can register for that and, uh, you know, have, you know, along with maybe even the main tournament. But, uh, you know, I always encourage people to play more. Yep, it's true. Play more. I mean, like like you said, like there's 
nobody that I see more frequently at a tournament than you, Steve. And it's always a breath of fresh air knowing that there's someone that probably plays more competitive pinball than me. And uh, <laughs> so, you know, but it's not always on the road. I think we should do a little segment where we talk about our local scene, right? So how's things going over there in Texas? What's the local scene over there like? Wyatt, come on, coming up. Uh, in, in, uh, in, in the local area is the SummerSlam. Let me tell you about this. The SummerSlam Ladies Pinball Tournament, where they're going to award an actual belt, okay? Because it's the SummerSlam, because why wouldn't you, right? If you're going to name it SummerSlam, like the uh, World Wrestling Federation event, you're going to award belts. So that that is a very interesting interesting event that, uh, I'm, that uh, I'm glad a lot of the local women are going to be participating in. Of course, league is happening. Um, you know, at What's Brewing Coffee Shop. You know, shameless plug to them. Not so shameless. They have thirty games over there from all areas. So uh, that that's that's my local joint in San Antonio. Then you know, when I go to Austin, you know, I, I I go to Buffalo Billiards, and you know they they are a great place up there, which always has games working in top notch condition. And yes, it happens to be you know one of the better bars in bars in the area. So it's it's like the one-stop shop when I want to venture out up in that area. But, uh, I mean, those are the major events happening there. But I want to give a quick shout-out to another podcast, if I could, and that's uh, Lauren, Lauren Gray's Backbox Pinball Podcast. She is a local player in San Antonio. She's already up on Episode 6, I believe. So, uh, you know, do a quick search for Backbox Pinball Podcast. And, uh, so, like I said, she's only on Episode 6, so you can definitely go back to Episode 1. All episodes are good. Well, well, well done conversations. I mean, you know, she is, she has found her voice rather quickly. And, uh, so, uh, definitely let's get some subscriptions up there and tell them the meltdown. Yeah. Set. Like, and subscribe. That was right. Yeah. That's awesome. And you know, the first time I saw you in your no, new home turf in Texas, when I visited for Texas pinball festival, uh, you know, it was almost like you had already established your home field advantage. Cause not only did you win Texas league, but you destroyed at, at the Texas Pinball Festival as well, and uh, you know it was it was it was really nice being there. I can't wait for next year. Definitely, TPF is one of the ones that I'll be going to every year if I have the chance. It's just a great show. Yeah, it's a it's a great show, and it's you know just the largest show I guess in the. I mean, it was I guess the new Expo last yeah. year. I guess this year now Expo's coming back up, right? So there'll be competition, but. You know, I love it that I can actually drive to TPF yeah. now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's huge. You know me. what? One thing we forgot to mention while we talked about circuit before I I touch on New York City scene is the new major at the Open, also associated to Indisc in January, Banning, California, already considered like one of the biggest and best circuit events in the country, is now a major championship, the fifth major. And I can't wait because I'm going for the first time. I'm already looking at at flights. I know you're going to be there, right, Steve? Yeah, I have to be there now. It's the new mean, Papa, and Papa's probably coming back anyways. But it right. might, we might as well have two Papas. I mean, we've got three days of classics. We've got the most star-studded, you know, style qualifying period that you're going to see in that format that isn't Papa. And it just looks like Jim and Carl and everybody involved, Bob, everybody just put on such a good show. Um, I can't wait. And they deserve, and they deserve this. Um, we've very often said that that Indus was the major in waiting, and so now, and and so yeah, so it, it just makes sense that it is it, and especially so since we we don't see all the traditional games that show up in other tournaments. Um, Jim, make sure to make things work. Uh, 
make make certain games that you think don't think of tournament games, and all of a sudden they're tournament games. <laughs> all right, it works fine. Instead of like doing the old school, like the the classic, like oh let's rip all the posts out and make the tilt impossible and make the settings impossible and pretty much ar- arguably ruin a game. He just has these creative, like very unique ways of making a game functional. Like, oh, theater of magic is too easy. All right, now the ball returns to the top of the sling every time you shoot the orbit. Good luck. Right, but good luck. But it's not unfair. That's the oh, thing. No. That com- that com- that in combination with the Saren software, when you put his software on some of the games, and you know, and uh, that that works well. I mean, the way they reconfigured Safecracker made that a viable tournament game. Made that consistent. So yeah, I mean, any tournament that can make Safecracker work well, you know, things are different. Yeah. <laughs> right? And there were no complaints that I heard of. I mean, I was just surprised I was playing a tournament and I was like, well, wait, this is working. This is working really well. Yeah. So uh, definitely congratulations to them for them becoming basically Papa West. But, you know, it's the op- it's the open. It's going to be huge. I mean, sporting event, too. It does. Yeah. So, I mean, that's that's definitely a, a, a that's a sporting event. I mean, that's really all. The only thing that's missing there is like an arena with cameras. <laughs> All right. Okay. So let, let's talk New York City a little bit here. We just had the New York yeah. Pinball Championships brought to us by Never Beef Productions. Uh, you know, Levy Naiman, Tim Sexton, Paul Karras, Austin Smith. Um, you know, you, Steve, you've uh, you've benefited from the New York City Pinball Championships the last two years. Uh, I would say that it's one of the best new events, if not my favorite event in the scene right now. So that just came and went, but Never Beef is not done yet between now and next year in between this and the the next New York City pinball championship pinball championships expect to see some more stuff from them combining with and collaborating with Tribeca pinball um, Adam Schwartz a really amazing guy who's got this yeah speak on yeah speak on Tribeca pinball a minute yeah because that was amazing that was the pre-event for NYC right and NYC was sick, but then let's have some some words on Tribeca Pinball. This hidden place that I I used to pass by all the time because I had no idea because I'm on when I'm on on my way to to a New York event, and just the amazing quality of games that were there, like A plus every game that was there condition, and we had to we had the privilege of playing them in a, on a rooftop. Uh, a rooftop loft, I guess you call it, right? Right. This, this would be considered like a high-end loft for anyone, but this is just his game room. Mm-hmm. You know, it's got that amazing, amazing rooftop, beautiful view of Manhattan, and uh, you know, just pretty much all home use only, brand new games, and then some really beautiful restored older machines. And he's still buying more. Um, you know, I think he might have gotten like a Quicksilver and some other stuff. So the next time we're going to see some Tribeca pinball action is probably going to be sometime in September. Um, that pre-tournament was a glimpse into how amazing of a venue that is. Uh, there's going to be tournaments there hosted by Never Beef Productions, run by yours truly. And it's going to be a great time. We're going to have backhand pinball. Um, Mark Padanov from New England with this amazing stream, a uh, very Carl D'Angelo S style stream. You saw him at Pentastic. You saw him in New York City Pinball Championships. And he's going to come down, hopefully, to do some amazing stuff there and give everybody a chance to see this really awesome venue that's going to be benefiting the New York scene. Um, and I'll segue that into another event coming up that you have registered for, and I'm looking forward to seeing you come out to that. Mark's going to be our stream host at this as well. 
And this is coming up just the weekend after Pinburg, August 10th, the Long Island Pinball Open at the Long Island Retro Gaming Open Expo. Um, you know, it's a incredible looking show. I got invited there to run a tournament as a first time pinball tournament there. They got tons of tabletop games, uh, a bunch of classic style retro gaming tournaments, a very uh, diverse and fun looking show. But really special is we are giving away a pinball machine, totally sponsored by the event, um, not coming out of the prize pool. Um, so it's got a restored and perfectly working Knight Rider probably worth at least a thousand dollars going to first place and this is at a sixty dollar entry fee um there's still limited spots left we're mostly close to sold out but it's going to be if you want info on that you could look up the long island pinball open or or hit me up on facebook feel free to add me if you don't already have me um you know it's going to be a match play tournament 40 players on 10 machines by the way the majority of that bank will be brand new in box never touched before the tournament games provided by automated from Stern Pinball and uh, a couple others from a private collector's uh, basement that are going, uh, you know, props to my, my, my co-host in this event, Dennis Cole, who has been really amazing uh, pinball player from Long Island who I've become good friends with and him and I are going to bring you an amazing time hopefully. So if you haven't already signed up, feel free to do that. It's going to be, it's going to be probably the best prize support that I've ever had at something local here in new york um in addition to the pinball machine we're doing full payout complimentary t-shirts for everybody that registers and awesome trophies for uh a b and women's and um, i hope to see you there I, i'm really glad you're coming steve yeah i mean this is great great to see that they uh, you know a first time pinball event here i mean the event's been there but the first time pinball event is giving away a machine that's not even part of the prize pool. I mean, that's pretty big support already. So you can tell that not only that the venue there is is, uh, really encouraged, it's really encouraging to see their support of pinball, but also, I mean, Greg, you've been putting in the work in that area. I mean, (laughs) just, just, let's just be quite honest. The way you've been supporting competitive pinball, I just, I just need to call you out on it, that you've been really um, showing your dedication to the sport, and I will say the sport of pinball and expanding it in your area. And, uh, you know, one, I mean, we guess we, we talk about the expansion of, 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 of pinball, but, you know, one, one of the things about the show, I want to make sure I get, you know, all aspects of, in there, of it in there, which I have to bring things down to earth, is that uh, we did not make the Ocho, Greg. We didn't, uh, ESPN, the Ocho was uh we 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 were gonna be on the ocho with pinball right we we didn't make it what happened man i'm not sure what happened there i know that they recorded the stern pro circuit but i'd like to think that there's probably a good chance that we're gonna get there next year or a year right in the years to come i don't know what happened behind the scenes but i've got the i've got the imagination here or at least the optimism that the connection and the and the relationship is still viable um, I mean, looking at the Ocho, right? I mean, look, everybody knows that there is this opportunity to bring new sports to light, and ESPN is like the super platform for that. And uh, you know, our 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 pinball uh, IFPA overlord Josh Sharp got his uh, big buck hunter connection up there, and there's various other uh, what 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 is this axe throwing, stone skipping, chess boxing. Oh, yeah. I'm in for the chess yeah, box. Com- combat jungle and saber fencing. I don't even know what that is, but I fucking want to know what that is. 
I want to, I want that. That just sounds great. Bars because something I could probably do well in pizza team trials. I don't even need to know. I'm good. I'm good. I'm gonna go get another beer. Hold on. That, yeah. Okay. He's getting well, while he's getting another beer now. The pizza team trials. Now I'm hoping that it's like eating the pizza, or maybe maybe you're delivering the pizza. Uh, but one thing I definitely want to make sure is support is support the big buck hunter. I mean, because you know, with with Josh Sharp's effort there, you know, find check check your local listings of ESPN the Ojo on August seventh. Interestingly, not August eighth, not eight eight, but eight seven. August seventh, ESPN the Ocho lineup will be there. Book ended by, of course, Dodgeball, the ceremonial movie of the Ocho. But uh, you know, I'm I'm definitely gonna you know check out uh, the Big Buck Hunter scene and uh, just to see um, you know what some of the inspiration, uh, what what what's some of Josh Sharp's influence on that tournament scene and what it might be able to do for uh, you know pinball on TV and you know maybe it will. Maybe it will happen for for uh, for the pinball scene next year. I believe it might. Uh, but I mean, it, yeah. I'm gonna ahead. predict ESPN and pinball have have something happening down the road. We don't know when, but I've got confidence. And you know what? Segue here. You know what goes really big yeah. luck, Hunter? Mm-hmm. Beer. Beer. Yeah. Beer. And now, <laughs> touch. I I mentioned Treehouse Brewery in in, in New England. Uh, I've just got it in my hands now. You know I'm having fun on the show because I just pulled out one of the best beers in my fridge, uh, Julius by Treehouse Brewery, and uh, probably one of the best beers of all time. Here's the here's the. All right, all right. Now that was good. That was good. See, it start it started off and then it came along strong at the end. That was very, that was well done. Always be cashing. Always be cashing. <laughs> Always be cashing. Of course, you're gonna have to, you know, show me some. I have to sample some of the local fare when I get back out there. So, because I'm hearing all these brands, so I have to yes. like check some of these out at some point. I don't know, I don't point, know when I right? shifted from from whiskey to craft beer snob, but it might have been my one of my best friends Zen's influence. Uh, you know, all of us Team Oscar Blues uh, members definitely enjoy a beer here and there. But I just recently, probably Drasana working at Solid State too, but. You know, I, I've definitely felt like um, it's been good for pinball, too, because it's it's a lot harder to get too drunk when you're drinking that much liquid when you're drinking beer. So my ha- my hangovers <laughs> the following day of the tournament are a lot more in check. And when you're drinking good quality craft beer like this delicious Julius, it's almost like you're drinking water. Right. We have to stagger the, the, the beer, right? You know, when you're trying to you know concentrate – well, you know, some people play better as the beer goes down, but – you have to you have to stagger it a bit so that you know you stay right on that level where you feel comfortable and still playing well i mean some people can find that can find that level and i sort of envy them i guess but uh, you know what i'm not i look i don't know if i said this yet but i'm going to be very careful this year at pinberg i just want to play my best and i've been improving but i already know that i have a lot of fun there i i'm very lucky to stay with family um Mahesh and amy are the best hosts and you know i you know get to stay with zen and daniele Achiari and really feel like i'm at home in pittsburgh uh staying at pinburgh and papa and ppo every year but staying at pittsburgh on wednesday nights so that i could be at the signups to be early online for practice on thursday with a level head and i'm going to be on my best behavior you know what i might even have to pretend like I'm on one of those shitty antibiotics where you can't drink. Shocking. 
<laughs> this is shocking news. Breaking news that I'm sure to to break my own. <laughs> Levy, Levy would be like, "Oh yeah, Greg, how many times have you said that before? Every time, fuck you." All right, right. Great. So yeah, what's the over under? Uh, how long will take to break oh, that? Let's don't even the, tell me the odds. That. Don't even tell me the odds. Tom Solo moment. <laughs> right. I want the my book odds on that. What day? <laughs> Will that be broken? And it's like Wednesday, <laughs> even not. I said I said earlier that I didn't want to actually, you know, influence any decisions for people. But do not bet on me not drinking. <laughs> right, that's a sucker bet. That's a sucker bet. Yeah, look, as they say at poker, if you don't know who the fish is in the first hour at the table, you're the fish. So right, the house well, wins that bet every time. <laughs> And you know what? That was one of that was one of the leading causes for Greg Jenga, which I know all of you are very curious about. Don't worry, Jeff will tell you about it. There's pictures to go along with it. But after three days of winning and barely sleeping, did you know that Vegas doesn't stop giving you free booze? Uh, no, they don't because they need you to stay. Because you just took money from them, they need you to put it back. That's the, right. That's the plan. But some people are able to master the fact of not putting the money back. Those are those are the Zen masters who are able to go in there, get the money, cash, and then not put the money back. That's the key. So, all right, we uh, we've we've gone over so much here: competitive pinball, all these things that are changing about the the hobby. We've got betting, we've got fantasy, we've got the local scene, but we haven't done any news. Steve, what's going on in pinball news right now? <laughs> All right, well, pinball news. With the special Waffarelli report. Well, I mean, there's no there's no news when there isn't a little bit of overhype and disappointment when it comes to, you know, I, I, I jokingly would call this like the fire festival, stern star Wars <laughs> home edition, mega <laughs> pinside freak out. The uh, world's ending. The world is ending. Wait, oh, no. wait, we, we found out what actual regular game was coming out a week later and the world is still at peace, but God forbid pinsides disappointed. Wait, hold on. <laughs> these pinside guys don't even play pinball in public. And they're, Wait, freaking out. they're freaking here's out. what I don't understand. Here's what I understand. Okay, Keith Elwin changed his profile picture to the two weeks. To he did that, and then it was not two weeks, and then Star Wars came out. So you knew that wasn't it, right? Yeah. I mean, you know that. So well, unless you don't know the reference, okay. But it, come on, and 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 really, yes, yes, this game is. It looks good. It looks great, and it's not for you, and it's Star Wars, and everybody's going to buy it, and it's brilliant. It's a great move. Not everyone knows every single pinball machine in the planet. Not everyone plays pinball three times a week. Not everyone dissects every single thing that comes out. And you know what? Stern is a successful company, and they're placating to a very successful theme and a very good license. And you know what? You don't like the price? It wasn't meant for you anyways. It's a home edition. It's not meant for players. It's supposed to placate to Star Wars fans. It's Why? a smart move. It's yeah, so it's a smart. genius move. I look. I studied. I studied marketing and economics. If you told me from afar that you could make five Star Wars titles and they're all sell, it doesn't matter if I only want to play one of them because they sold. And they're and they're going to sell a lot of them. I mean, you know, if you're talking if you're talking about like distributors, it's like what's the lowest price you can sell? I think it's three thousand nine ninety nine. I think right. I think that there yeah, and that three is so important in front of there. It's sitting there like a big invitation. That three in front is so big. That drove me crazy. Drove me crazy that they're comparing the price of the home edition, which looks awesome, to the regular pro model for oh, only this much more. You could get a full value pinball machine. It's like, okay, we knew that already. 
what does it have to do with the fact that this game looks fine? It's I mean, like, fine. You would think, yeah, come on. I bet you if anybody plays it, it's probably pretty fun. And if you were new to pinball or just getting into it, you would walk up to it and be like, this is pretty cool. Give them the chance to actually play the game. That's one thing that I hate about any reaction to pinball games is like, look, it doesn't matter what company made it. It doesn't matter what license it is. Before you've actually played it, don't come to some amazing conclusion that you know everything about whether it's going to be a flop or a success. It's not a look. It is a boom or beef world that we live in, but you can't really be sure until you experience it. And really, I mean, Supreme Pinball, pretty fun. I think I love it. Right, Spider Man Home, Spider Man Home Edition, fun, yeah, <laughs> pretty fun game. I, I can't even. I can't even tell you. All right, so Sunshine Pinball League is is my baby, and I'm so glad to see it have grown to the point where I have 35 players every week. It's humbling. It's amazing. But I can't even tell you how many times at Sunshine I see people come in that aren't pinball people that immediately walk in and very smart of the owner to have the Supreme Pinball and the Beatles Diamond Edition right in your face when you walk through the door. And they, they're all over it. And I have people say to me, I can't believe that they would put that Supreme on location. Or, oh, why would you even buy the Diamond Beatles Edition? It's like, uh... Because it works. Right, and people play it. Yeah. <laughs> people, and it, people take Instagram pictures and then their friends see it and then they come to Sunshine. And they come to play it. Yeah. And then they show their friends and they come to play it. You played Supreme what? A pinball yeah, just machine? Like home edition, just like the home edition isn't for you, the novelty, super rare, overpriced collector's edition isn't for you. But there's a niche and there's a market for it. And you know what? At the end of the day, those games are all fun. And it's fine. But you know what is for you? Jurassic Park. Here we go. I I am very excited. I love the old game, and the new game seems to be playing off a lot of the same concepts as the older one, and it looks like an amazing Keith design play field. Look, the best player of all time. He's the GOAT. It's Jurassic Park. How could you not like it? It's going to be great. I'm ready. As long as the dinosaur eats the ball somehow, you know, I'm in. <laughs> you know, as long as something eats the ball and then, you know, you get the jackpots like if it's kind of expired by the if, – if, if it's inspired by the old one in, in any way. I mean, it, de- it definitely looks like it has some non-linearity to it, which I'm glad to see. You know, they're talking about different perks for different dinosaurs. You know, we saw a couple of the, some of the preview images that we, I guess, we weren't supposed to see. Hint, hint, nudge, nudge that we got. All right. You know what? Uh, you know what? I got to say, obviously, leaks happen, but it's disappointing to see that this particular leak is now rumored that they're going to stop providing the images to the distributors. I guess that's their own fault, but... I've always been in the mindset of like these leaks are kind of good marketing and good advertising for Stern anyways, or whatever company gets leaked. It's like, look, yeah, it sucks that something gets leaked. That's not what you wanted, but everybody's talking about it. Everybody's hyped about it. So there's good publicity, there's bad publicity, and there's just like, there's really no way for it to not be good for them. I mean, I guess it would be better if we can hold off the hype until the game is, is immediately available. That's always the best part. That's the bad, I guess that's the bad part about the leak is that now we're talking about it sooner than the, the impulse buy is less now. But not much. Right. But not really much, because because that's a powerful I mean, I, license. That's powerful. I know. I know we're ordering it. So on my side, you know, I, I do a little bit of like help with the with the buying and selling of machines. But I know that we're on auto purchase on the new games. I can't wait to get your game. I can't wait to get the next game from this company and that company. Bowen's game is awesome. Right. You know, Keith's game is going to be awesome. And you know, speaking on awesome, 
a little bit of a where's the code code update. Uh, Tim Sexton's amazing game with Steve Ritchie, Black Knight, just came out with 1.0 code update today. Right, that just dropped. And t- today being Thursday, so when I get this out, you know, that we're talking about the Thursday oh, right. 1.0 code. So, I mean, I, I haven't gone, I haven't gone into it. I did a quick repost on the on the Fun with Bonus Facebook group, of course get the word out but uh you went over a, a little bit of it so i'm gonna you know give it to you you report on it go ahead i lo- i looked at it and um it looks like it's going to be some very useful to the player type changes obviously the game plays really well um i love it i know you love it you crushed oh, it yeah. fantastic we were right. both playing the hell out of it um so these are like some of the changes that are going to be useful to the player in the non-actual gameplay uh style you've got Light locks are going to be in your instant info in case you forgot, um, in case you've had too many beers like me. Uh, you know, you got the super value shown on screen, so you're not guessing. Um, excellent. Excellent. I like, and, right. I like, and let's go back to the lock. I like the lock one as well, because I can tell you, I was at Pintastic, and there were times when I'm standing, and I'm like, what lock is this? You know? Right. And you don't, you don't want to mess that up, because that game wants you to sequence things correctly, which right. is why I love it. I'm a sequenced player, you know. I try to model my game a lot after yours. Like, that's why, I, you know, I've always looked up to you as a player. You played with me in the New Jersey, New York area when I was coming up, and I had to get better while playing against guys like you and Alberto. And, you know, I've always been a trap player. I've always been a calm player. I've, I mean, try to be at least. You know, take your shots, sequence, know the rules. Black Knight is good for that. It seems like a simple game, but you want to layer things correctly. Like, okay, I'm going to light the locks and start the mode so that the, the mode starts with this. And I've got my war lanes up top at one away from completion so that I can get all of the hurry-ups really easily with the ball save on. And then when the ball save ends, then, I, you know, there's a lot going on. And if you don't know your locks, you accidentally start multi-ball without a mode running or or you start your mode with only one lock lit, you know, that's, that's going to cost you, so... Exactly, especially when when you you think you have it set up right, and then you find out you don't. Like you think this is the shot to start multi ball because I just started the mode, and you shoot it and it's locked too. Like, oh, right. but now so now I have to survive another hit on the target and another shot. You probably will survive it, but you might not. Meanwhile, you have a mode running with a timer and everything, so you want to bring everything together in one correct sequence, and that will really help. But go, go ahead with uh, the rest of the features you were you were uh, oh, detailing. So I- I'm not sure of all the changes. There's probably a lot more. I have to read over the readme. I believe that it lets you know your your war hurry up values, and I'm pretty sure it does some changes to the upper play field if you're playing on a premium or an LD, which I don't have that much time on. But it looks super fun to be able to stack, you know, catapult multi ball along with uh, regular multi ball because all of a sudden instead of just going two locks, get the mode start multi ball, you're doing two locks, get the mode ready, get the other multi-ball ready. So then when you start regular multi-ball, you can get the upper play field multi-ball and really cash in this six ball, you know, boom fest. So right. to say. those the, shots really know. cash in. Those shots are really I, huge. I, the one time I played it, the strategy I was implementing was if you know, you have two locks in the upper play field and you're starting regular multi-ball, use that ball save to keep getting balls back up top. You missed the lock, let it go, drain it, get it back up top because you want to stack. And, uh, you know, I've I got to get more time on it. Don't quote me on that strategy, but I know that I was finding some success with doing that. Um, do you have Do you have a Black Knight LE by you right now, Steve? Not Not by me. So I I only get to play it. You know, at uh, I guess at, yeah, at tournaments and everything. But uh, or I can go. Well, I can go to Austin. But uh, it's it's one of the other event, one of the other venues that I go to there. But uh, not as often as as I would like. But you right. know, it's a great game. 
So, you know, on this edition on Where's the Code, there's 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 more Big Code. I know this is a game that we both love. It's arguably my strongest game in competition, and you were one of the only people that I would actually be like, okay, this guy's better than me at this game. It's Game of Thrones. And, you know, I've always loved Game of Thrones, and I'm so excited that there's code changes. Even if they're not perfect, even if they need to be tinkered, we've got new code. Daenerys, Stormborn... <laughs> I won't spoil for anyone anything about the actual show itself, but it's my favorite show of all time. Right. We've, got, we've got new code, Steve. Very, very glad to see that new code has come out on for Thrones and to see that all the houses mean something. Yes, when you add more complexity, there are opportunities for weaknesses, which will be found out by the better players and posted online for your viewing pleasure. But that just means that those will be fixed. Well, they will be fixed, and everything will be fine. Before anyone counts out, just keep in mind, not everyone is Escher. Okay? Right. In fact, almost nobody is Escher. He might have got it. There's only one Escher. There's, yeah, I think no. there's, only, uh, there's only one Escher on record, I believe. Yes. So, look, I mean, I did have some pretty good results playing Lannister. Lannisters always pay their debts, and in turn, we got some booms. We got some GCs. I got about six bill, which on the one at Sunshine, which has a tight tilt, one that you can't afford to even make a move. It's hard settings, one lure to light the whole game, no one extra ball per game. I mean, literally, it's set like you might as well be at Papa. Um, I pretty much beat my best score before the update by two billion in the first five games that I played. So don't get me wrong, there is something to be said about Lannister is very powerful, but. It is not at all going to be easy to replicate the 20, 40, 50, 70 billion scores that you might have seen posted on the internet. I mean, especially with no Adaball, there's no guarantees that you're even going to take any value out of Hand of the King. And um, so I guess I'm I guess I'm going into it without explaining it. Steve, do you want to explain what's going on with Game of Thrones with these new codes? All right. So the, uh, the code update for, for Game of Thrones, um, all the houses mean something. Not just Martell and Tyrell, right? Because usually it was just Martell, you add a ball, and then or Tyrell, you choose that so you can, you know, finish Tyrell because it was dangerous hit the locks. Now the button, everybody has a button. Everybody can use a button. Greyjoy can take other people's buttons. I mean, it really go to the dead flip stream is a good way to find out um, how everybody uses the buttons because I can't even remember all the button presses, but. Um, there are lots of like I like Daenerys. I mean, okay, I like Daenerys's power where you can freeze the timers, like ignoring the the exploit. I'm ignoring the exploit, right? Which is the Lannister. We'll get to that, all right? Well, exploit maybe, but overpowered probably better. Yeah, OP. Yeah, that's true. It's not an exploit because it's functioning correctly. It's just overpowered the way it is. And you have to execute. Um, it's not like it just. It's not like you just press the button and win. You have to press the button, and if you're an amazing player that's crushing the game, then you're gonna destroy. Right. So, I mean, let's, let's, let's go to, to the OP. Let's go to Lannister. Is that you buy multipliers in progress. So, like, it'll cost you a thousand gold to get 2x. So, essentially, it costs you 500 per x, but it's stacked on each other. So, it costs you a thousand for 2x. And then when you have 2x, it costs you 1500 for 3x. Right. And then it costs you 2000 for 4x. And then it costs you 2500 for 5x. Yep. Only if, again, if you're allowed to get it. So, you just don't get it unless you have enough swords. It, it still defaults to the same rule. But, and, and, and that's all great. I guess the problem came in is that Lannister receives too much gold during play. Yeah. I mean, I, all right. So, I went right for the, 
for the GC by playing Lannister because I wanted to see what it was all about. What I would say is it plays the same way as I play it when I play Martell. My strategy hasn't changed, just the effect of when you use your button and how good it is has changed. And like you said, you can only cash it in if you have enough swords and if you have enough gold. The problem is, is that you get gold too easily. I'm not sure if the cost of using the button needs to change. Maybe it needs to get a little bit more expensive, but certainly it's too easy to collect gold because every time I went into Hand of the King, I had enough gold to get to 5x when I wanted to. So I think that maybe you need to work harder for that if you want to have this be sustainable. Like You're going to do the same thing you always do. If you're playing to get Hand of the King, you want the optimal stack of Stark, Tyrell, Lannister, and Greyjoy. Usually playing Lannister and Greyjoy during your Blackwater, and then moving on to Tyrell and Stark for your second Blackwater if you get there before Hand of the King. But going into it, you're going to have too much gold that, I mean, you can almost comfortably guarantee yourself 5x playfield if you play well. So you're saying that you're able to, like, no matter where you are, you, if you're playing Lannister and you have hand, you're probably going to be able to buy your way all the way up to the 5x no matter where you are? I haven't ever once not had 5x running during Hand of the King with the new code because of my propensity for maximizing gold during multiball. So my strategy change was... If you're not going to get super jackpots, because super jackpots don't matter that much anymore, if you're going for GC strat, you're just going to beat modes and get gold because you're trying to get to that boom. So you're playing Blackwater to beat the modes running and collect gold, which is done by those targets, which you get on your misses and your and your ricochets, and the pop bumpers, which you get from you know ball action going up top. Um, if you were in a match play situation... You probably press the button during Blackwater to just get some extra value out of your supers. But supers are not as easy to get now that you don't have Ball. So it's a trade-off. Like, your multiballs aren't guaranteed. That's the cool thing about it. You have stress during multiball, even during Hand of the King. You're not guaranteed to get to that star carry-up round like you may have been with an Ball. You have to execute with knowing that you can't drain out without that Ball sitting there. So it's risk-reward. There might be an argument, not that Pinberg is going to have the new code, but there might be an argument to say that it's not actually ideal to play Lannister in a four-player match play setting if you feel like you're going to consistently do well with your Ball with Martell. But the issue there is, is if you don't pick Lannister and one of your opponents does, if they have a good game, you're going to lose. Yeah, it's over. Yeah, so you might you might want to fall back into the Martell Ball. Depending on how well, first of all, we're assuming that the new code's going to be at Pinball. No, it won't. It won't. No, I'm not assuming that. I was I actually assume the opposite. Okay. I think that almost sure right. there's zero chance that that will be used. Mm-hmm. I think Okay. I think, and which is understandable. Yeah, it's it's close to zero. I guess let's just assume that say if it if it was there. I might still do Martell anyway, just out of comfort. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I mean, because, because it also depends on, you know, there's not going to be any outlaying posts on it. So if you brick, sure, you get gold, but you're also dead. Right. So Right. You know what? So, like, you only get value out of it if you have a, a chance to get value out of it. You have to actually execute. It's not like it's a gimme. Yeah. So I think the trade-off, yeah. So I guess, you know, let's say the code was there. I would, might still do Martell. And if someone picks Lannister and they survive... You know, 
good on them. But again, we're assuming it, that's assuming it was installed in Pinburg. It probably will not be installed in Pinburg, but it'll probably also have lightning flippers. Yeah, that's true. Right. Yeah. Lightning flippers, the, the, the bounciest rubbers in the world. But again, also not, not unfair. I mean, you, it's, it would be right. brick and die. Just so that means if you don't brick, you live, which is just, that's fair. That's but fine. Moving, moving on to Targaryen, like the Daenerys ability you said, Targaryen starts with all the dragons beat. So that's the hardest mode to beat, already completed for you. And then the button ability is very interesting. Freeze any timer running. So you can freeze multiplier targets. You can freeze mode uh, targets, timers. You can free, freeze mode timers. Is that included super, as well? I believe so. And super, super jackpot, jackpot timers. So let it run down to one second. Boom, click the button. There's another however many seconds of super jackpot. So can you freeze hand of the king rally timer? Like when that if you have Stark and then you're into the rally, can you freeze that timer? Were you shooting because the center ramp over and over? Because that doesn't show up as an actual timer on the play on the on the screen, I don't believe so. But I am not sure as I haven't really played enough of it. But I do know even if that's not the case, I do know that Targaryen's ability in Hand of the King is very powerful. It's like the frenzy value. And most people don't really beat Targaryen before Hand of the King normally because, you know, getting to three dragons and beating Drogon is not at all convenient on your path to Hand of the King. Um, but it is one of the better abilities during Hand of the King if, you, if you're there. So, so you're saying you're going to build up a huge value in Hand of the King, even if you weren't able to hold the, t- to, uh, hold the timer. I think Just it's the fact good, of yeah. bringing it in is going to make it good anyway. I might speculate that match play, it might be Lannister, Martell, Targaryen, but high score might be Lannister, Targaryen, Martell. The fact that it's gotten way more flexible. I definitely like that... Uh, you know, the, the value of my new inbox game has definitely increased, I think, ah, with this code. Yeah, so so he didn't just win Pintastic, folks. Uh, Steve won Chicago Expo. I mean, not like you haven't won plenty of circuits in, in, in the in-between, but you still haven't opened your it's, trophy. It's still in there, yeah. <laughs> and New York City Pinball Championship last year, you won the freaking topper. Yeah, that one was already open, but I put that on top of there as if it were a topper. So yeah, a like, topper yeah. on top of the new inbox. Right, it's like so it's a topper inbox on top of the new inbox. Did you have to premium. dust it off? Did you have to dust it off? A little bit, yeah, a little, you know, a little bit there, yeah, a little bit. But uh, I mean, it's I mean, just looking at the other houses, right? Is Stark worthwhile now? Um, what does Stark, Stark do? Stark still gets the. F- the shaft i mean i don't get it all right stark is like the most popular house in game of thrones maybe second to the like targaryen for few but you know stark are the heroes you know you got Jon snow you got ned stark you got the whole family you know they're so important to the the arc of the story but yet the you know they're actually that's not true stark is the most valuable aspect of hand of the king which really is important because ned stark was the hand of the king and in so many ways that's got really good like flow but the new house ability is interesting. I don't think it's viable. So if you play Stark and you press the button during a mode that is running, as in a house that is running, you defeat that mode. So it'll be very useful to you towards getting towards Hand of the King, but it does not award you the value of the shots. So you lose out on value and you expedite your path to the Hand of the King. I believe if you have two modes running, it beats the one that you lit first. Right. Um, so it's a bailout. It's essentially, it is a bailout. So you bail out at a, at a much lesser value. 
So, so uh, you take uh, the the penalty you take for bailing out is a much less much less point value because you're not making any of the shots because it's like a smart bomb, really. Right. It's like I guess I guess if you're about to time out the mode and you don't want to, or if you're about to drain and you want to beat it, time to click the button. All right. So I mean, let's go into let's see. Tyrell, I believe, has an improvement with the uh, Iron Bank, I believe, right? Because they're mul- they're a multiplier family, right? The, mul- the the house of multipliers. Right. So if you can build up a bunch of multipliers and apparently the uh, iron bank value has definitely been improved, it's more exponential. So you're cashing in iron banks of 30 million, 80 million, things like that, depending on how high your multipliers are. That's cool. That's so cool. that's good. And it also can depend on the play field X. So that is, that's great. I mean, that's definitely good for like a one time big button hit. So you want to be careful at the end of, of when you hit the button. Also, don't remember, don't forget to hit the button at some point. Right. It's not just 1 million points anymore. It could be pretty significant. And besides the fact that if you're picking Tyrell, you're riding the multipliers throughout the game anyway. So you're getting that. Uh, so that could make that could make Tyrell. I mean, not OP, but not super. I mean, you know, not super Lannister powered either. For argument's sake, match play style uh, outcomes. Plenty of strong players play Tyrell in at the IFPA at Denmark a couple years ago. We saw people picking Tyrell outright over uh, Martell and having success because if you're hitting your shots and you're doing it with those combo in lane uh, values like Tyrell gives you you're going to be crushing it. And I've seen people pull that off. Like it might be safer for some players and more comfortable for some players having, having the, the house lit right off the bat with this new extra ability with the button. It's not a, it's not at all an unviable uh, house. It's still, it's still up there in, in possible place. All right. I mean, I'm going to save Greyjoy, I guess for last, because they're like the super dangerous, but so let's go to Baratheon. Um, Baratheon has that little extra ability with the targets that it allows you to advance towards wall multiball with that. That's convenient. And yep. one big thing is the Lord of Light, right? I believe they're in charge of the Lord of Light as well. Yeah, yeah. So it's like a it's like a, a ball save in a sense. So you just press the button once per ball and light both out lanes for Lord of Light. Um, and you know, very true to the show, the Lord of Light plays a big big role in the storyline and he can bring Jon Snow back from the dead and and help save the world so to say um you know you keep your ball going there's nothing better than a ball save when you're about to drain it's one of the most valuable things you could have in pinball exactly but you have to make sure you use it in time because it's sort of like almost it's almost like the uh, ball save on Black Knight but in another way you know you have to make sure you hit the button before the ball crosses that switch I don't know about you but I don't I don't use I don't use the Magnus save on ball on Black Knight as a ball save. I use it anytime the ball is heading in the direction. Yeah, that's true. If the, ball is, if the ball is going towards the right side. I'm pressing that button to get a right in lane. Yeah, that is a that is a just in case save. It's not even. It's like it's like oh, it's heading over there. It's so it's it's marginally in trouble. Oh, just hit it. Okay. <laughs> don't. Don't dare, don't dare use it during multi-ball because if a second ball gets caught on that magnet, it's going out. There. Yeah, I made that mistake definitely. You know, I was just like, yeah. yeah, I was like, yo, let me see if I can use it. Maybe I can save both of them. No, one of them is probably gone. Now, Greyjoy, Greyjoy is very interesting. Yeah, okay? yeah. It used to be it used to be one of the unused houses that had the potential to be a complete destructionary force because when the code first came out back at Expo that year that you won. Greyjoy was actually the bee's knees because you played Greyjoy, then you stole the Adabaugh ability and you stole the Tyrell ability and you just were the trifecta of all is good in the world, you know. Um, but then as the code advanced, they made it harder 
and it became that you had to hit more shots to beat modes and it just wasn't really worth it. But if you could execute, you could really cash in big value by combining those two houses still, Martell and Tyrell. Now, Greyjoy has the ability to add the Lannister multiplier effect and the Martell addable. Now, you can't combine them together, but you can sequence them. The way I understand it, and I haven't played it enough yet, is the last house that you have beaten is the button ability that you have stolen. So if you could functionally decide, you know what, I want my Martell Attaball during Blackwater. All right, beat Martell. If you can go through all those extra shots Greyjoy brings to the table, use the Attaball for Blackwater to prosper for your supers and your and your and your mode progress towards the next mode. But then beat Lannister after that and get your Lannister ability to use all that gold that you might have stored up for your hand of the king or or what have you. And that's interesting because it starts with one house beat. It's that much easier to get there. And it gives you the unique ability of moving throughout the game in a strategic platform. Like, okay, I'm going to use the best of all the different things going on. So it becomes all about the order as well, right? I mean, because, I mean, this is when do you, when do you want to take that Lannister? Let's assume Lannister is, is, is as OP as it is. Oh, I think it is. I mean, if, if you do it too early, you you have your button ability for the multipliers too early, so you you end up beating another house. Like if you would the perfect play be to beat Lannister as the fourth house beforehand? Is that what it would be? I and guess then- I guess it's interesting because like you're not getting the the massive gold collection if you haven't beat it. So I think it only steals the button ability, not the full of it. So I guess if you're able to build up enough gold without being Lannister, then yes, you want to be Lannister right before the, the cash-in moment. It's like the always be cash-in button at that point. It's like, all right, right. we're going we're gonna to crush this, this mini wizard mode. So yeah, if you can beat Lannister last. But usually you play Lannister early, so you have to figure out a way to, to get through that in either single ball or maybe with your second Blackwater. Um, I'm just really glad that Stern's making code this late into the game. And, um, you know, honorable, honorable send off and goodbye to the old bug that they never really admitted was a bug. They got rid of it. But once upon a time, you could use your mystery award when you had two balls locked and the third lock ready to light super jackpot and start a Blackwater multiball. And since the mystery lit the, the super before you started, the game had a brain fart or whatever you want to call it where the super jackpot was just on and you'd see sometimes people i think the highest i've ever gotten is like 2.2 billion black water and you know that's the only way to do that <laughs> okay that's the only way to do that they got rid of that and it was a fun little advantage to have in your in the like ace in the ace up your sleeve style thing if you knew about it and your opponent didn't and it didn't always come to it would be like the certain amount of gold that you would have it would always like jackpot um and then you'd take that to, you know, I wouldn't plan it, but it would be sitting there. And I think um, it was smart for them to get rid of that. It was too overpowered. But Well, I can tell you that one, I am enjoying the, uh, the the balance that the game has now. I mean, there's more balance. I mean, of course, it, th- things will be fixed. No, there's, you know, the things will be fixed and addressed. I predict less gold. Harder to get gold and more expensive to purchase multipliers from Lannister. And then all of a sudden, you're going to see a very balanced, unique thing. Um, right. So once Lannister gets nerfed, 
is there another house that that takes control and becomes OP or are we done? It sounds like we are done, right? I mean, yeah. the only one, maybe Stark is a little less, but Stark does beat three, does have a possibility of beating right. three modes per game. Yeah. There's one per ball, right? You so could, that's okay. You could at least say for sure that four players could play four different houses and you wouldn't just say, okay, that person's not going to win because of it. Right. So there's, there's multiple choices on the table and that's, that's really a great thing. The one thing that's cool is there's also a random house factor. If you're playing for fun, it'll just randomly select a house for you. Uh, I know Timmy was telling me that he was doing that a lot just to try everything. And I want to give one honorable shout out to, you know, if there was a house sharp, so to say, it would just, uh, pre-select, uh, you know, casual mode. Where it, yeah. <laughs> which is which is now the new uh, official IFPA sanctioned Game of Thrones setting when you play it, right. you play it at IFPA or Pin Masters or maybe uh, Heads Up, although it would never be be in that situation. But uh, Josh and Zach decided to put Game of Thrones in tournaments on casual play, and believe it or not, even though casual sounds like it should be easier, it's probably harder, and the gameplay time is shorter because it forces you to play through modes one at a time and not play the way you're used to playing, which is just pretty cool right and that that in combination with you know subtle ways to set up the game you know brick death Mm -hmm. as long as the proper brick death is set in and you know this just just having to take on modes one at a time is definitely and having to you know i guess start with stark i guess is casual mode still stark even on a new code i think it starts off i think it starts off with stark and then Greyjoy or something to that effect but uh, mm-hmm. it, still, it still lets you play the game in a different way, and it's it's cool. It's cool to have a different approach for a game that you've played so many times. Um, I know that we've kind of like made this all about all different things pinball at this point, and we've covered a lot of stuff. But in the breath of it being somewhat of a pre-pinberg, um, I would say that keep in mind Game of Thrones and many other games. You have to always remember that if it lets you short plunge, you should be doing it. I watch people. I watch people lose to me at Game of Thrones when I literally have free live catches with the error margin of okay, I can just get another one. Oh wait, I messed up my live catch once out of every eight times. All right, whatever. I just got another one. Don't ever forget to take advantage of a lack of playfield validation. Steve Bowden, you taught me this on Jackpot. Don't ever not take advantage of your validation. You have to, right? There's a reason why that set that Sopranos has a has a has a launch button or whatever it has now. Right. <laughs> right? There's a reason why that some games of Pinburg will have a launch button that that you don't understand why or however they're going to do it is because you got to take advantage of whatever validation you can, you can get because it's super important, especially when you're going up to a game and you have one chance. So, look, you know, yeah. look, that skill shot or those rollovers or whatever it is that the game offers to you is not as valuable as draining. There's nothing right. as valuable as that. And it's such a simple thing. Like at the end of the day, I see it on Game of Thrones where you could live catch, shoot one of the Lord of Light targets, drain, and then not even register ball safe. You could do the same thing with light lock, only hit one shot, right. light lock, drain. Right. And not even register ball save. The ball is still in your hand. You know, it's not that big of a deal in the, like the, the, when you first look at it, it seems like it's just a nuance. But every time you have one extra chance to drain because of it, it can save you, it can save you an entire game. And that's something you should always do on any machine that allows you. 
like even Guardians, uh, various other games where there's no right orbit switch. Like the newer games, like Monsters, it triggers the second you punch the ball, right? But there's plenty of them that will be in Pittsburgh that you should remember that. All right, I mean, and with well, we we we've done a second hour of solid content. I think. Wow. <laughs> I, I think. Wow, we didn't even think we might do a half an hour. No, look, we knew that this episode was going to be over an hour, maybe two hours. Yeah, yeah. Well, once we started gathering this together, it, was, it started building up into what we needed to cover, and it did become like an hour. Ladies and gentlemen, we can't wait to see you all. But if I may, Steve, do you think that we should touch on some brief, very brief, other things going on in sports since this is kind of like a pinball sports cast style thing? Yeah, I think yeah, I think we should go we should go off the board as some game shows say, and let's cover some of the other sporting events that uh, you may or may not have have uh, realized are also going on. Uh, sometimes I need a heads up on other sports that are happening because since my move down to San Antonio and being fully immersed in uh, pinball and just you know working towards making pinball. I barely even know who won the championships this year in any of the four major sports, and that's real. So, so let's go to the Waffarelli report, and he will regale us on the wonders of sportsing. Go, Greg. So I don't know that it qualifies as a sport, but to me, it is one of my greatest passions. Before I played pinball, I was a semi-professional, successful Magic the Gathering player, and our good friend, the Bone Collector. Raymond Davidson, the number one player in the world, just had an amazing finish at a high-level pro Magic the Gathering tournament. He finished in the higher spots of a GP, which is a two- or three-day-long event, uh, and he cashed, always be cashing. Ray Day is not just about crushing a pinball, but he's got he's got the skills and the mindset to, to destroy people at just about anything. And Wow, I wonder where he's ranked there. Where is he ranked there? He's number one. He's number one player in the world of pinball. So if- they change, they change the way that works. So I'm not even sure, but um, I'll I'll say that it's not an easy feat to go 11 and five or 11 and four like he did at a, at a Pro Magic tournament. Um, there's thousands of players, kind of like we talked about poker. It's a two to three day long event with with so many people that you couldn't even imagine. It makes Pinburg looks tiny. So huge shout out to Ray. Good job and. Uh, I would not be surprised at all, obviously, if he's in the finals of Pinburg uh, in a couple weekends. So, uh, obviously, big shout out to the U.S. women's soccer team. That was amazing, right, Steve? Yeah, absolutely, sure was. Yeah, I mean, the, the few bit that I did catch of it, because again, I do, I do watch finals. So, you know, I watch hockey finals, I watch World Series, and so I'll end up watching World Cup finals. So, I will do that. I know that I know that the United States isn't uh, making that big of a of a soccer run in in the men's side of it but the women's side is just absolutely dominant it's the second year they won and they just brought it home like amazing amazing heroes that at such a divisive time in our in our country just really making us all proud um we got what the goat the the real-time goat of basketball after michael jordan none other than LeBron james shocks the world by switching teams to la seems like it's like a, a stardom thing all right, my career is coming towards its end. I'm just going to be the superstar of a major city. Oh, no, wait. Anthony Davis comes right to town, one of the youngest, best players in the world, and now we've just got another super team at our hands and maybe the best team, the favorite right off the bat in the second year in L.A., like LeBron and the Lakers. It's like that happened quick. Like that happened yeah. underneath everybody's noses. <laughs> it's, it's Kobe and Shaq all over again, and they'll probably get a third star. 
Un- unbelievable. I mean, I'm sure Kawhi Leonard would have something to say about that, but whatever. Well, Kawhi Leonard... I'm glad you brought that up because Kawhi Leonard is the only player in history to win a ring, not only to win a ring, but win a ring as the star player of a team out of the Toronto Raptors. And congrats to them and all of our friends in Toronto. Shout out to Joe Caravino of Tilt Amusements who treated us like absolute royalty while we were there. Uh, you know, Kawhi is the first person in history to leave a team after winning. And you know what? He's That's got what I don't that. understand. They, they weren't able to like give him all no, the money he, and like part of the team or he didn't, want, he didn't want to stay. He might dropped and they didn't even blame him for it because right. he's that he's that special, but he's playing with an incredible team with the Clippers and he teamed up with, uh, you know, another team that could make a real run. Um, but at the end of the day, you got to give it to LeBron. He finds a way to compete even when he's not the favorite, like against the Golden State Warriors when they were on that ridiculous run. Shout out to Kevin Durant to come into my hometown in uh, in Brooklyn, even though he's he's recovering from an injury. By the way, don't get pinjuries right before Pinburg. Oh, right. Don't yeah. trip. All right. So so LeBron, you know, he's like a freak, Steve. He's like he's like a super athlete. He could be a basketball player or a football player or like a track runner or a wrestler. The guy's just like like the perfect specimen, so he just finds his way right onto that team. Um, I'm not a Yankees fan. I won't lie. I root for them. I'm a Mets fan. I grew up in Queens, but somehow the Yankees are back on top of baseball. And Again? oh god, Please. you know, yeah, twenty some odd championships, but they're the favorites to win this World Series next to the Dodgers. Dodgers, another super successful uh, franchise. So I kind of like, in a way, to like look at baseball and be like, wow, like. The old school favorites and the Dodgers and the, and the Yankees are, are right back up there because baseball is one of those sports that you don't have to have the biggest payroll. You don't have to have all the superstars. You can't win in basketball without superstars. In baseball, you can win with nobodies. We've seen it before, but lo and behold, the super franchises look like they're the favorites, but anybody's game when it comes to the playoffs, a wild card team can do it all. Um, one of my favorite sports, we talked a lot about casinos and betting before, is no limit Texas Hold'em, and this year's World Series of Poker main event was, I believe, don't quote me on this, but I believe the second biggest main event purse of all time, going to German poker pro Hussein Hassan, and uh, that just culminated recently. Uh, you could watch that on ESPN, and it's amazing to see that now they're streaming live poker with a thirty-minute delay so that people can't cheat. But they've moved right. Out- that's going to be my question immediately. <laughs> Right, it's like, wait a minute. Yes, there needs to be some sort of delay. Yes, okay, continue. And you know, no, there's no doubt that Twitch has helped competitive pinball tremendously. Again, like and subscribe, backhand pinball. Shout out to our friend Mark Patanon, who's selling shirts both for New England Pinball League and his own brand. Um, you know, p- pinball has progressed from live streaming, and we're seeing poker progress from live streaming, and that's amazing. And um, you know, we already talked before, just as a recap, all of these. Awesome things coming to ESP and the Ocho. Josh Sharp bringing, uh, or I don't know if he was single-handedly involved, but Josh Sharp helping bring Big Buck Hunter and all of those novelty sports that we saw uh, associated otherwise. You know, I, I, I'm kind of curious what pizza team trials are, and I want to see it on ESPN. I'm definitely going to be viewing the, the pizza I'm in, the chess boxing I'm in, and but for real, the Big Buck Hunter, because at least that makes that makes sense to me. And, you know, knowing that, you know, Josh Sharp is at least tangentially involved in that in some way, you know, so I'm going to support that certainly. On August 7th, 
not August 8th, amazingly. It's August 7th. You figure the Ultra will be August 8th, but it's not. It's the 7th. Yeah. It's weird. Man, that was a little bit of a beef. But speaking of beef, can I just say you had the most amazing hat at Pentastic. <laughs> I walked up to Steve. Um, I noticed it said fun with bonus streaming across his hat while he's playing on camera. And he played such good pinball. I was in the booth. It was amazing. But lo and behold, I noticed his hat is delay relaying us a message. So I walked up to him in between rounds. Hey, Steve, we're about to cover your match. Could you make your hat say boom, not beef? And he was like, "Uh, yeah. And then seconds later, we've got boom, never beef. Over and over, right? And it was, <laughs> and you honestly kept me motivated through that game of, uh, you know, let me think, what was it? It was a uh, break shot, right? I right, yeah. There's you can barely say anything about break shot without barely falling asleep, but that hat kept me captivated. I want one. <laughs> I need one. Yeah, that yeah, that hat is is uh, is is almost becoming a meme now. Although it's is a lot is a lot of those make a lot of people online are selling those hats. I mean, you know, they'll definitely be on Amazon. But yeah, the hat will be showing up at Pinburg. It's my new favorite hat. You know, so uh, charges via USB last pretty well. Lasts a few hours. I mean, it didn't last all the way to the finals, but uh, I definitely had some fun with that hat. And uh, yeah, it's configurable via, via configurable via an app. So you just use an app for it. And uh, yeah, it was uh, definitely fun putting different messages in there. Yeah, I, had, I put trash talk up there when we were doing the trash talk invitational, and you know, certainly, definitely to to distract some people, you know, or maybe wake up some people who are looking. Speaking of distraction, uh, I think you might have put on Facebook a picture of uh, me playing a game of Spider Man, where literally the entire playfield was covered with a tarp. I knew I had a right trap, and I'm like, all right. Speaking of ESPN, be in the zone. Be in the. What do they tell you to do that? that time when they interviewed you guys at, 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 at Penberg, feel the flow, feel the flow. He was like, I yeah, felt feel the flow. The f- I felt the flow. I still lost, but <laughs> you felt the flow, but you still lost. Nah, but you still felt it though. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That trash talker was serious business. They were like hovering up the whole entire, you know, with, with Tommy dollars and everything. Yeah. That was, uh, yeah, that was awesome. They're really good people. And, uh, thanks a lot to Chuck. I uh, can't wait to see you guys. Next, which I'm sure is Pinberg, but then also Sanctum. Before we, uh, I guess, before we get up out of here, we should do our shameless plugs, dude. Let's, you know, let's be very shameless and plug up friends. I'm always shameless, Steve. (laughs) Let's plug our friends. First of all, I'm going to plug myself. Funwithbonus.com. Funwithbonus on Instagram, YouTube, uh, Twitter, Facebook group is where the news comes fastest. Um, you know, that's, that's my persona online. Fun with bonus is not a person. It's a concept. So I'm still Steve. Yes. (laughs) We're very lucky to have that concept in this community because you do nothing but provide great content. What's coming soon. What's coming soon, Greg. So, you know, we, we've got sunshine pinball league as always Oscar blues brewery. Uh, and I'm going to be putting together ready paid for the domain name for wapparelli.com as a stream. Nice. Yep, yep, and uh, Steve helped me out with some some tips on that. I'm going to be having a streamlined way to get a lot of the pinball content of all the stuff going on at the local New York City scene and other things that I might be involved in. So look forward to that. And, um, you know, this being a podcast and uh, one that we've uh, communicated with so many of our good friends, we have a we have a podcast group chat, so to say, and we want to take a chance to thank 
people like Jeff Teal as a pinball profile. With the interviews that he does, the, the timely interviews that he has, it'll be able to release for our listening pleasure. Also, Head to Head Pinball just released a new episode. Slam Tilt released a new episode, which is cool, right? Definitely, we'll, we'll have some listing on the winner, Pinberg. We got uh, Do or Die, episode 11, Ray Day. Bringing the freaking fierceness to the competitive scene podcast, and he's crushing it. All right, awesome. You know, the big respect to Riptide podcast. This week of pinball, of course, the new standard, yep. I, I would believe, right? You know, all right, uh, Pinball Players Podcast, NYC Pinpod, yep. right? Shout you know, out to Benjamin, local scene guy. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I liked his idea of doing the audio podcast along with uh, the, with, with uh, NYC, right? Oh, that yeah, was nice. Sure. Like that old style, but old style baseball radio. You know, it, I, liked, I liked that idea. So I hope he continues to do that. Yep. Really and, and, you know, if we forgot, you're still our friend if you do a podcast out there. We'd love to have you on the show. And that being said, we'd love to have you all on the show, right? I mean, we need another clusterfuck. Yeah, I really, really do need another clusterfuck. Um, I'm hoping to do it on this format. Uh, the way this recorder works, that I can only do two at a time for now, unless I pay for it. I don't know how Slam Tilt does it. We I can, mean, we I can move to a different platform temporarily for just a right. So yeah, so there must be a way to do it. I just have to get my learn on and figure out how to do it well. But this this uh this worked this worked pretty well as far as what we're doing here. I mean, you know, I definitely want to do this more often and not take such as long of a break. It's not even a break, it's just long of inactivity. I won't even call it a break. It's a break when you do right. it regularly and I just I, don't do it I regularly. Because I'm not I'm not a slave to a format or a time Look, schedule. I'm all about no rules, no format, all's whole barred. And it, I apologize, I didn't mean Twitch. I meant um, whatchamacallit, Skype. Skype is one platform that we can connect a lot of people at the same time if need be. Um, but that being said, shameless plugs are still going out to Fantasy Pinball brought to us by Tim Sexton. We've got mybookie.net and Backhand Pinball, Never Beach Productions, and their associate Tribeca Pinball. And as always, don't be afraid to drink it. Don't be afraid to drink it, G Fuel. Right? Whether it's a 24-hour <laughs> tournament or you're just trying to make your way through 40 games of pinball at Pinburg, G Fuel is your friendly way to win. And Ray Davidson knows that. He's the one in the world right. and he's wearing that hat at every tournament. Don't be don't be shy. We mentioned all of these, all of these people who are our friends. Nobody sponsors this. Um, we mention these people because we like them or we oh, use them. And, uh, and uh, what, uh, what I eat pinball uh, never drains, Josh. Josh yeah. and all of our friends at the IFPA, Replay FX Foundation, and all that they do. Yeah, yeah, I think yeah, I think that covers uh, every everybody we want that we want to list that we probably forget. Of course, when you list people, you forget people, especially when after you've done two two hours and having had Texas tea. Forgive me if we did not mention your name, but. Before we go, I want to thank you, Greg, for coming on the show and uh, reboosting the Meltdown Pinball Podcast for another episode. I want to thank you, Steve, for having me on and always being someone that is my go-to person to speak to about pinball, all things related, especially competitive. And like you said, if we left you out, come harass us in person about it. Tell us you want to be on. Tell us you want to talk to us. Give us your ideas. Give us your feedback. Come say hello, Pinberg. We're going to be there. It's going to be a good time and it's going to be it's going to be yeah. boomy to say it's gonna it's gonna be amazing yeah c come on up and harass us we may have um 
some microphones for you. So until next time, until the next episode of the Meltdown Pinball Podcast, this was Steve Bowden, and that over there was... Greg Wapparelli in the foot. Wapparelli saying thank you for pressing your luck. Bye-bye. Peace. You've made this day a special day by just your being you. There's no person in the whole world like you, and I like you just the way you are.